What's going on, everybody? Welcome to this very special edition of the Main Event Talk Podcast. I am the Main Event Player of the Super Secret himself, Roman Torres, coming back at you. The God among gods, the king among kings, the coolest son of a motherfucking bitch walking God's green earth. And as you just heard, you just heard it right at the very, right at the very beginning of the show, and it took place and it happened. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Edge, the man formerly known as Edge, Adam Copeland, is now with AEW. You're going to hear some words coming out of Adam Copeland, and you're also going to hear a Main Event Talk exclusive at the conclusion of this episode of the Main Event Talk podcast, because we're going to hear from Adam Adam Copeland. If you guys had a chance to check out Dynamite this past Wednesday night, you know that he's here, he has a mission statement, and he has something that he wants to say, and he's going to get it all out of the way, and you'll hear that right here in the Main Event Talk podcast. We're going to be talking about AEW's Wrestle Dream, not just about Edge, but several of the other matches that took place in that event as well. We're also going to be talking about NXT's No Mercy. We had a new champion. I said we had a new champion up until this past Tuesday, and I'm talking about the, at the time, new AEW, I'm sorry, AEW, NXT North American Champion. It was Trick Williams. He did win the championship. However, he did defend his championship against Dominic this past Tuesday. You're going to find out about that on this episode of the Maybe Tonk Podcast. You'll also hear the results of NXT's No Mercy. Several of the matches, including Carmelo Hayes defending his championship against Ilya Dragunov. The Extreme Rules match between Becky Lynch and Tiffany Stratton. The tag team title match and everything that took place at NXT No Mercy. You're going to find out about that. And also, NXT is going to go head-to-head with AEW Dynamite on Tuesday. This coming Tuesday, which we're going to give you some of the matches on those and everything else in that particular nature. And plus, there's going to be several guests, several individuals involved in this whole situation. You'll find out about that. We're going to also talk. <clears throat> sorry, we're also going to talk about AEW Wrestle Dream that took place on Saturday. I think I just mentioned that, didn't I? Yeah, I, th- I think I did just mention that. But just in case I didn't, AEW Wrestle Dream that took place. Um, we know about Adam Copeland's return. We also know a, a tribute. It was a tribute to um, Antonio Anoki in certain ways. I'm going to give my thoughts on that and uh, why I feel that it is not an actual tribute. And I'm, <clears throat> I'll get to that in a moment. And so much more. Uh, there's a lot of wrestling stuff that we're going to be talking about in professional wrestling, of course. You're going to hear from... Uh, some of the people, including the Wrestling Observer Live and the Wrestling Observer Radio, about the whole situation with Adam Copeland and everything else like that. You'll know how all that. You'll know how all that rolls and everything. Okay, so um, I wanted to talk about a couple of things here today. Um, uh, right at the beginning of the show, we're obviously we're going to talk about several of the things that I just mentioned. Um, we're going to oh, and also I want to make an announcement right here, right now, in the Main Event Talk Podcast. Uh, it was official. It was made, and it is going to take place, and we know uh, we saw Maxwell Jacob Friedman, MJF, the AEW World Heavyweight Champion, have his uh, little encounter with the Bullet Club Gold, and it is official. Jay White had mentioned it, and it is going to happen on Saturday, November 18th, and that's funny, Saturday, November 18th. At full gear, it's going to be Maxwell Jacob Friedman, MJF, 
to defend his championship against Bullet Club Gold member Jay White. And I believe this will be the first time in history that these individuals will take on each other. They've had <clears throat> they've had themselves a good promo exchange within the past couple of days, and now they'll get a chance to go one-on-one at full gear on Saturday, November 18th, which I find that to be a little bit interesting considering considering that all the times that we've seen AEW on pay-per-view, it's always been on a Sunday. Now they decide to do it on a Sunday, on a Saturday. So this is going to be incredible check. I'll be able to check it out on a Saturday, no problem. So it'll be very, very, very cool to check out. Hopefully there's no... Uh, if there's college football, that's one thing. But if there's uh, boxing or UFC or anything in that particular nature, they'll be in serious trouble. But you know how that rolls. Okay. <coughs> that's uh, one major announcement. Now, I wanted to talk about... Um, I was at a few places the other day, right? So, I had, to- I- I had taken off somewhere from Corpus, right? And uh, we went to go do a job over at... Um, over by, I think, Laredo or somewhere around that area. And um, what we did was we were... Uh, this was a couple of days ago, by the way, um, around Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. So we took off, right? And uh, we were almost halfway out up to the point where our truck broke down, right? Our, our truck... Well, didn't broke down. What happened was we, we had a stop, right? We're at a stopping point, and then you know how you're supposed to go ahead and, you know, when you're at a stop, uh, stoplight or stop sign or whatever, and you stop right there, and then you go ahead and you accelerate and you go, right? It didn't accelerate. I mean, it moved, obviously, but it didn't go, you know? It, it, all of a sudden, like, it just kaput, you know? And I think it may have had something to do with the transmission. That's the only thing I could think of at this point because it goes in reverse good. But as far as it going forward, <clears throat> it's not doing not doing too good. You put it on uh, uh, first gear, second gear, and third gear, and you're still getting the same results. So uh, I'm not sure what happened. So we did swap trucks and everything. We took off and we headed all the way over. We were supposed to go to a certain job site, but we didn't get there. So we went ahead and headed over to um, a hotel room, which we did. Very good. Company paid for it, by the way. <laughs> And we decided to go ahead and take off for, uh, we were close to Laredo, so we're going to head close to the border, right? Close to the border where we go to Mexico, right? And everything. And we were close by and everything, and this was something, and I've never seen this before. I've been to Laredo once before, but it was like a very, very long time ago. Now I go to Laredo, and all of a sudden I'm in this... um, I think it's called, it's a place called The Outlet, right? And it's a place where, uh, it's, it, it's basically like an outside mall. That's what it looks like. And it is so, so, so unique to see this because it's like, I've been so used to, I, I've been used to going to the mall over in Corpus, right? And I think the mall in Corpus is fantastic, but when you go to different malls, and trust me, every other mall is going to be different than the place that you went to before. When I went to this mall, it, I mean, it was basically an outside mall. That's what it is, you know. <clears throat> You're there walking around, and I'm seeing all of these outlets. Some that I've not that I've not seen, and some that I have seen before when I was over in Corpus. Now, 
when I'm over here in um, in this outlet, this is basically close by where the border is, right? When you cross over to there and everything, right? I'm walking there. <clears throat> I'm seeing a a a Puma store, a Nike clearance store, a uh, Adidas store. <clears throat> There's a Tommy Hilfiger store that I didn't even notice it was there, but I'd love to check it out. A Nautica store. There are all these stores that I'm saying to myself, my fucking God, I missed this. And I say that because I've never been there before, but it's funny. Over in Texas, especially here in Corpus, there's no Nautica. There's no Tommy Hilfiger. You you don't see that anywhere in the mall at all. You see all these other brands that I don't like, what is this? I don't give a shit what this is, you know? <clears throat> so we're going to these different places, right? We're going to these different spots. So I find, I go to this one spot, right? So we take off and we head over to this section, of, another section of the mall, right? Like, not the, the section that I was at, the outlet, right? That's what it is, the outlet. We go to this next section that's uh, a little bit further down the road. And it's, uh, it's another shopping mall. And, and it's probably as big as the mall we were previously in, but we didn't go up and down. But this one, I, I I don't know what the mall was called, but it's connected to a Chuck E. Cheese, right? There's a Chuck E. Cheese that's right here, right? And then farther uh, over here, <clears throat> and this is right in front of me, and this is where, this is where it caught my eye a whole lot. <clears throat> this place was called, are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? This place is called The Main Event. <laughs> I think some of you have an idea of what I'm talking about. But for those that don't, I was like, I didn't go into the place. I would have, but I didn't want to go into the place at all. I mean, the the main event, I mean, come on, the main event walking into the main event. Are you kidding me? That's fucking insane. Uh, so I'm going to all these uh, stores inside this other mall. And this was nuts. This This was like you're making a left to go here. You're making a right to go here. You're walking into all of these structures, right? And you're seeing all of these stores that you've seen over at the mall here in Corpus. But it's bigger and has everything you want. So I'm going, like, as soon as we walk into this other mall, it's another mall, right? We walk into this other mall, I see a Champs right in front of me, right? Now, a couple months ago, or about a month ago, I think I think it was a couple months ago to be exact. I was walking into Champs, right? And all I was looking for was these pair of shoes, right? These pair of, I believe they were flights, right? Nike Air flights. I look at them, right? Now, I took a picture of the shoe, but I never took the full picture of the shoe, how it looked. But they ran out, right? They didn't have the shoe I wanted because it was around $100. I was thinking about doing a layaway plan, right? And I couldn't do it because I have to order the shoe, I have to look at it for what it is, and then, you know, <clears throat> voila, that would be the shoe, I would get it and everything, but I'd do it, right? So I'm walking into this Champs, right? <clears throat> I'm walking into this Champs in Laredo, right? The Immediately, the first thing that came to my head was, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look for this shoe. I'm going to see if they have it here. And my God, there it is. I saw the shoe in front of me. I saw the shoe in front of me, and I took pictures of this fucking shoe. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's basically they're Jordans. Apparently, they are. It has flight in the front, 
it's all all white has a little bit of red and black around it you know on the red and black right here it has nike air flight right it's the flight symbol the original flight that i remember years and years ago all of a sudden i mean it's around like almost a hundred dollars i think that was the price range for it but i may have to look into it a little more so i see the shoe now i didn't buy it i wish i would have loved to have bought that shoe right there if i had the money Right, I would have loved to have bought that fucking shoe and would have brought it home with me and said, hey, here are the shoes. Here are the fucking shoes, you know? It was nuts. I could not believe when I saw those shoes. But <clears throat> there's a little bit more to it. Now, I'm walking into all of these other outlets, right? Other, all of these other shoe outlets they had over there. Now, you see your, your uh, out finish line. I didn't even know that there was a finish line anymore considering that there was no finish line over... I think we have a finish line in Corpus. I'm not. I'm not mistaken. But <clears throat> I'm walking in and I'm seeing uh, this one place called. I think it's called TM Hoops or TD Hoops. I think that's what it is. I, I remember the the letters TD being on it. So I'm seeing all of these Jordan shoes, right? All of these Michael Air Jordan shoes. Now, I've been used to seeing the price range of. Somewhere between maybe $99 to $120 to $150. I was fine with that, you know. <clears throat> but these shoes, oh my God, these fucking shoes. You know how much these shoes cost? These other shoes that I saw that were, look, they look like original Air Jordans that you saw back in the day, right? You know how much these were? Somewhere around the price range of $350 to $400 to $450 almost at the close range of $500. I mean, we're talking about a pair of Air Jordans. And some of these were at my size, unfortunately. There were some Jordans that I saw that, look, I don't know what they were called exactly. I would have loved to have taken a picture of them if I had the opportunity. But my God, these Jordans were expensive as hell. Now, when you get the Jordans from, say, a... Well, you're not going to get the same exact ones, but if you get something like that, I mean, it's going to be at least somewhere, as I said, somewhere between $99 to $150, at least around that range, maybe a little more. But when you get these really good shoes, I mean, these are really good shoes, and they look they look like something I've seen from the 90s or the, or the 1991s or something like that. These fucking shoes were so not only good, but they were expensive as hell, you know? And I've always knew that they had expensive shoes. I always thought that their price range would be somewhere around $5,000 to $1,000, or $5,000, $500 shoes. I don't know how much the shoes that Roman Reigns would wear or the shoes that the Young Bucks would wear, because I've seen Jordans like those, but I didn't know that the price range would be around that much, right? <clears throat> you figured it'd be a lot more expensive than that, right? I'm seeing these shoes, and they are, like, they look incredible. They look beautiful. I even went to this one store where you get, you see these Jordan shoes. You see all these Nike shoes, all these Adidas shoes. And by the way, I love the Puma shoes. The Puma shoes, the Pumas look good. They look good. I would love to wear a pair of those, definitely, you know. If uh, my size, my time, and the right texture, you know, something that fits me perfectly. But anyways, so I'm watching, I'm looking at all of these different stores, and 
it's like we don't have this in Corpus. It's so weird that when you go to one mall, when you go to one mall in Corpus and when you see all of this shit, it's like, okay, cool, that's fine. But when you go to a different mall, I've never been to the mall in San Antonio. I've thought about going there. But maybe sometime in the, in the near future, maybe I can go when I have the opportunity. But sometimes I always feel that when I go to these malls, when I, when I went to this mall, it was so different. It made the one in Corpus look like shit. That's the fucking truth. I'm sorry. I, I, all due respect, I love Corpus. I love the places I go to. But my fucking God, you go to the mall you go to this mall and you see all of this stuff. It's like, oh my God. You know, I would love to see the clothes. I mean, I've seen the some of the clothes that they have. And they look extremely good. There are some that I just want to get my hands on and everything. But I, just, but I wanted to tell you guys about this because it was a very good experience for me. You know, because I've not been outside of Corpus in a while. It's been a long, long time since I've been outside of Corpus. And I would go to a different spot. And the spots that I went to was unbelievable. I'd love to go over there one day. I'd love to go over there just to get my hands on that fucking shoe I was talking about. You know? I mean, just to get that fucking shoe. You know? I don't care about everything else. I just want that shoe. And um, and I did, I did take a picture of the shoe, by the way. I did take a picture of that particular shoe. And <clears throat> I, I wanted to, uh, you know... You know, take the picture of it because now I, I have an uh, easy idea, an easy subscri- uh, su- description of what the shoe looks like. And if I ever give it to the champs over here, I'll tell them that I went over to, I was over in Laredo and I had somebody, uh, you know, take me over there. I'll, I will be glad to show them. This is what the shoe, I showed you what the shoe looked like last time. This is what the shoe is. It's this. It has the flight on it, and on the side, it has a little Jordan symbol, and this is what the color of the, of the shoe looks like. I'm wondering, can I find a way to order that shoe? I mean, I don't know how much it is, and I'd like to know what it is, because if I can order it from you guys, I mean, I don't know how much it'll be, though. The, the sad part is, if I, because I would have to end up saying the shoe be like $100, right? I would have to pay the shipping handling, which will probably cost another... 25 or something like that it'll probably cost me at least about almost 100 to 200 dollars just to get this one fucking shoe you know i mean if they could order for me that's fine you know but my god but if i if i can find a way to order it myself that's fine i just got to find a way to put the picture out and everything and tell everybody this is what it is what's the description what's it called obviously it's an air jordan shoe and obviously it has the word flight on it air jordan flights i think that's what i needed to put if I can find that shoe and order it, I'm going to buy those shoes. Because, look, the significance of it is this. Anything that you see is Air Jordans. I like Air Jordans. I think they're the best shoes out. They're better than any shoe out there. Now, when it comes to the flights, I always feel that those are the most unique type of shoes ever. Because not only are they authentic i always feel they're more original than the jordan itself because while everyone else is walking around in air jordan shoes i can walk around in mine and say i have jordans but i got the flights i got the air jordan flights everybody else can have the the jordan max or the jordan this jordan that whatever kind of jordans you want i want jordan flights 
Air, Air Flight Jordan. So those are the kind of ones that I want to get my hands on, that I want to have in my structure and, you know, have it as a collection, you know, because look, I, I don't, it's been a long time since I've wore any type of Jordans at all. I, you know, my last Jordans kind of messed up on me. And also let's just say that, um, let's just say that, um, I was going to get my, my Jordans washed. Uh, well, it didn't turn out so well. (laughs) I, it's not good to wash your Jordans. If you wash them by hand, that's fine. But anything else, I mean, it's like, eesh, you're stupid, you know? <laughs> <coughs> however, however that shit works. But, uh, yeah, that was, um, that was my trip over there. I was, um, you know, going to one place to another. I ate a Panda Express. I've never ate a Panda Express in Corpus. Well, uh, well, I've never ate a Panda Express in Corpus. I did eat one over in Laredo, and it's pretty good. You know, we uh, stayed at a hotel. Um, he got uh, my partner got his room. I got mine, and uh, we stayed at uh, La, the La Quinta, right over there, and uh, we stayed there for the night. And uh, that's when I went ahead and. Uh, did the not only did I get a chance to see AEW Dynamite, but I actually did the main event talk exclusive, which you will hear on this episode, the main event talk podcast, as we roll along. So yeah, it was um, I was there for only one day, only one night till we went to the job site. Uh, went to the job site, got it done, but unfortunately, uh, as soon as we were about to seal off, uh, seal off some stuff, uh, the rain came in. And we were wondering about this rain. We were wondering about what, what the fuck was going to happen. Even though we got some of the job done, only part of it needed to be finished and we couldn't do it if the rain was going to affect us. So, you know, we went ahead, we took off. We, we had a almost a three and a half hour uh, drive from Laredo to Corpus Christi. That's how far it was. Got home safe. Everything was well. And I wanted to go home and just sleep, relax, and doing all i actually i bought myself a duffel bag by the way uh the other week because i kept saying to myself i need to you know if i go to another trip i need to take a duffel bag with me and get all my clothes in there so that way we can you know be be all ready be all good and everything so that way i'll be prepared for the next time we go to another trip so hopefully hopefully we if we do another trip i'm hoping it's somewhere just a little bit well uh, laredo's fine but if we do one in san antonio that'd be great too if we do one in houston that'd be great too you know just something like that but we'll we'll see how all that turns out and everything all right so we're gonna get ourselves ready we're gonna talk about um obviously uh oh and by the way i forgot to mention about ww fastlane fastlane is gonna be happening Tonight, as this episode is taking place, WWE Fastlane is happening with the World Heavyweight Championship beyond the line, the six-man tag team matchup featuring the LWO, Bobby Lashley, and the Street Profits. We also have a triple threat match for the Women's Championship, and also, of course, the match that everyone's talking about, John Cena and L.A. Knight to take on. Members of the bloodline in Solo Sokoa and Jimmy Uso. Now, keep in mind, Jimmy Uso is not exactly a member of the bloodline yet. I mean, I know some people will say he is, but he just decided to add himself to it because he could. 
and Paul Heyman kind of knows what's going on, and we'll talk about that later on in this episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast. There's a lot of stuff we're going to cover today on this episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast. We're trying to get back into normal structure. I know that the last episode didn't go so well, but we'll try a little bit better on this one. So let's play some music and then we'll get right into what we need to talk about. So let's get into it, shall we? Yeah. 
you guys have any questions in regards to this show, all you got to do is go over to my email address at themainevent1977 at gmail.com. That's themainevent1977 at gmail.com. And whatever question you have, the main event will be glad to put it right here on the Main Event Talk podcast. And it could be any question that you want to ask. That's themainevent1977 at gmail.com. One more time. The main event, 1977 at gmail.com, and you'll hear it right here on the main event talk podcast. Okay, let's get into it. Uh, There's a lot of stuff we're going to cover, and I decided that we're going to go ahead and start off with WWE Fastlane because it is happening tonight. Now, as this recording is taking place, and I always like to say that every single time as this recording is taking place, I'm recording this on a Friday, okay? I'm recording this right before SmackDown takes place. Now, as you guys know, uh... Judgment Day is supposed to be over at uh, Friday Night SmackDown. I believe there's supposed to be a little bit of an encounter between John Cena, L.A. Knight, and the members of the Bloodline. So that's going to be taking place tonight as well. But we're going to be covering the five matches that are going to be taking place over at WWE Fastlane. Keep in mind, if five matches, five matches, so I'm not sure if there's going to be an additional match or if there's going to be anything in that particular nature that will give us to watch uh, this. So, WWE, i got to give them credit. i got to give them a lot of credit. They don't have to overdo all the matches. I mean, five matches will be fine. If they do six or seven, I don't have a problem with it either. But I think what they want to do is mostly just make something out of this to the point where it's going to get, you know, fantastic. So, I think, um, looking by these matches, so let's look at the list of matches right here. Uh, tag team uh, match. The undisputed WWE Tag Team Championship will be on the line as the Judgment Day of Finn Balor and Damian Priest will defend against Cody Rhodes and Jay Uso. Six-man tag team matchup. The members of the LWO, Ray Phoenix, Santos Escobar, and Jacqueline Wild, or Cruz, whichever comes first, with Zelina Vega in their corner, will go up against Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits over at Fastlane. Triple threat match for the WWE Women's Championship. It's going to be EO Sky defending her championship against Asuka and Charlotte Flair. Tag team match will happen as John Cena and LA Knight will go one, uh, will go up against the bloodline of Jimmy Uso and Solo Sokoa. And of course, the last man standing match for the World Heavyweight Championship. Seth Rollins, Seth freaking Rollins going one-on-one against Shinsuke Nakamura. Okay. <clears throat> so... Let's get into some of these things that are happening uh, as far as what we're seeing goes. So let's start with what we just mentioned. Uh, the Judgment Day of Finn Balor 
and Damian Priest taking on Cody Rhodes and Jay Uso. Now, just having a little bit of a sip of my Gatorade right now. So, this will be an interesting match to say the very least. We know the Judgment Day is going to be making an appearance over there later on. So, no doubt there's going to be some sort of um, uh, interaction. We heard that uh, the Judgment Day will be there, Cody Rhodes will be there, and Jay Uso will be there on a Friday night. So, something will happen. Now, like I said, as this recording is taking place, I'm releasing this on a Saturday, but this episode is being recorded on a Friday. So, I don't know what it happened, what it took place, and everything. <clears throat> we'll just all have to wait and see and see how it goes down. Now, as far as my prediction goes, this was a tough one to call because you would figure you would go with Cody Rhodes and Jey Uso to win the tag team titles. It'd be easy to do that, right? But <clears throat> I don't know. I think a lot of people will still want to see Cody go after Roman Reigns for the World Heavyweight Championship, for the undisputed WWE Championship, and Jey Uso to have his confrontation with his brother, Jimmy Uso, over at WrestleMania. I mean, that's sort of the structure of what's being happened here. And <clears throat> and like this and everything. So, Cody Rhodes and Jey Uso losing to Finn Balor and Damian Priest. Boy, I, I can't... I honestly, I can't really see that. As much as I want to, I, don't, I really don't want to see that. I think it would be... I mean, it would be good for Finn Balor and Damian Priest to hold on to the titles, but, I mean, it's like I'm asking myself, how much longer are we going to have to put up with as far as the Judgment Day goes? I mean, how, how much longer are we going to have to put up with all this stuff? <clears throat> so, this is my prediction. Jay, to me, the Judgment Day winning the tag team titles would probably be the right call, but... I really want to see Cody and Jey Uso win it. Now, I don't want them to hold on to the tag team titles for 950 years. No. I mean, at least for them to hold on to the titles until they give it to someone like, say, maybe I would love to see Sami Zayn and, and Kevin Owens become the champions again. Uh, I would I, also, and this is something else that has not been considered yet. I don't know why this hasn't happened yet. I don't understand why the tag team titles cannot remain on Raw, and I don't understand why SmackDown has not had any tag team championship yet. You know? Unless something happens where where Cody Rhodes decides, okay, we're going to split up the tag team titles, and these titles are going to go directly to SmackDown, and they'll you know do whatever if they were to actually win it. Because nobody really... Everyone's more focused on, on how this match should be won when we still have tag team titles that are still remaining on Raw and Judgment Day is still appearing on, on SmackDown, which really they're not supposed to because they're supposed to be on Raw. Cody's supposed to appear on Raw. Jey Uso's supposed to appear on Raw. They're not supposed to be on SmackDown for any reason whatsoever, unless by invitation or, or something like that. So the prediction will be, I think, to look at it from a perspective... The Judgment Day will probably uh, will probably do walk away with the tag team titles with several interferences, of course, and then there's a J.D. McDonough factor. And then Cody Rhodes, uh, or, I mean, you know, Judgment Day to win the tag team titles. That's what everyone will look at. But I think Cody and Jey Uso would be better off as the champions than the Judgment Day because there still needs to be some sort of a turn that has to happen with the Judgment Day. But if that doesn't happen, 
the Judgment Day will walk away with the tag team title. So that's what I think will happen. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't agree with it, but that, that's unfortunately what it is right now. All right, six-man tag team matchup right here. The LWO of Rey Mysterio, Santos Escobar, and Jack Jack Quinn Wild or De, uh, or Cruz De La, Trio, uh, De La Toro to take on uh, Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits. Now, we've been seeing this whole new emergence of the Street Profits. We've been seeing a whole new different side of the Street Profits, right? Now... In my opinion, in my opinion, Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits are good together. Very good together to the point where I'm hoping that we don't want to see... I mean, look, listen, obviously, obviously this is not the Hurt Business. It's not. Let's, let's get that part out of the way before people start saying that this is a new Hurt Business. It's not the Hurt Business unless MVP is involved. Although a lot of people would love to see MVP be involved in this in any way possible, you know? So, in this match, <clears throat> in this six-man match, I mean, I I can't see the LWO winning. I really can't. Because, listen, when I saw the match with Rey Mysterio and, um, and Santos Escobar, my thought was... Okay, well, we, we need to see Santos become the champion again. Because I think this will be the point where we'll finally see the LWO have their true colors and kick out Rey Mysterio. I mean, that could be the <clears throat> that could be the possibility. Or they could kick him out anyway, even if he's not the United States champion in the way possible. I mean, I don't, I don't know how this is. But some predictions are saying that the LWO will probably win and beat the, and beat the Street Profits and Bobby Lashley. Now, the Street Profits and Bobby Lashley have had their issues as well. Now, even though the Street Profits and Bobby are, you know, good together right now, I think we need to still keep that momentum going in that same pace. So what I'm thinking is some people say the LWO is going to win it, right? I say have the Street Profits and have Bobby Lashley win it. You've got to... You've got to enhance this group. You've got to get it forward, and you don't want to see any other teams or any other people involved in there unless they're the right kind of people, right? <clears throat> Having the Street Profits and Bobby Lashley win it is makes more sense. I like it better that way. I think we need to see this feud escalate and go further into something much, much different. So I'm looking for Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits to win over the LWO. It's the only way to see it. It's the only way to look at it. I mean, that's how it should be. I don't see any reason why not. Now, the next matchup is a triple threat match for the WWE Women's Championship. EO Sky to defend her championship against Asuka and Charlotte Flair. Uh, you know, there's really nothing to talk about in this match. I mean, look, listen. A lot of people are concerned because Charlotte could become champion again, right? I don't think that will happen. Asuka being champion would be good, right? But I think a lot of people would rather see Io Sky still be the champion. I think a lot of people want to see that. Now, to, to me personally, uh, I mean, I don't see Charlotte winning it. Asuka, perhaps, but 
Io Sky is probably the only one that could possibly stick out to win it. Now, I'm going to go with Io Sky to win it, but don't be surprised if Asuka somehow pulls it off and manages to win the title again. But, now, there's been some rumors, there's been some speculation. I don't think it will happen today, at least not to my knowledge. But, we've been getting a lot of reports about Kyrie Singh the former tag team partner of, uh, of, I believe it was, who was she? She was with Oscar, right? Or who was she with? The Kabuki Warriors were Asuka. Was it Asuka, right? Or Asuka and Kairi Sane, right? Or who, who were the Kabuki Warriors? I think it was those. Yeah. I think it was them. Yeah. So, Supposedly, she's supposed to come out at Fastlane. And supposedly, she's going to, you know, come in and, I guess, have a little face-to-face encounter with Eo Sky. We don't know that for sure. We know that that's been the reports that we've been getting. But we'll see how that rolls out. But I'm looking at Eo Sky to retain her championship. Asuka to possibly become the new champion. I doubt Charlotte Flair will win the championship. So that's what could take place. Now, speaking of surprises, I know there's a lot of people that have been expecting several surprises to take place. I know that the people have been talking about Jade Cargill for the past few days. I mean, all of a sudden you hear her on SmackDown, all of a sudden you hear her on Raw, you hear her on NXT. I mean, she is the biggest acquisition that they do have. And honestly, WWE has done a fantastic job. Have done a fantastic job of getting um, Jade Cargill to become the biggest deal ever. You know, and Jade is a big deal. You know, the only thing is, I don't want her to go to Raw. I don't want her to go to SmackDown. I want her to go to NXT. I want her to go there. I want her to, you know, basically take over that take over that spot for a while, win the women's championship, bring a little bit more prestige to the championship if you can, and become the first woman ever to win the TBS championship and the NXT championship. No woman has ever done that. And I'll tell you this right now. I don't see it happening in the future. But if Jade were to actually win not just the TBS championship, not just the NXT championship, but the but the WWE Women's Championship and the World Women's Championship, Women's World Championship, that could be huge for Jade. That could be huge for her. I really don't see anything bigger than that coming out of it. Okay, so the next matchup, we got two matches to go right here. The next matchup is the tag team match, John Cena, LA Knight, and the members of the bloodline of Jimmy Uso and Solo Sokoa. All right, let's talk about it. Now, when this matchup first came about, the original match was supposed to have been AJ Styles and John Cena to take on the Bloodline at Fastlane, right? Now, this is my version of what they will tell you, okay? Now, my version is, I think, the reason that AJ Styles got kicked out. Supposedly that they said that the reason why AJ Styles was kicked out was because he, he was a front runner, but he wasn't going to be a part of it. Their, their plan was to get L.A. Knight involved. Now, 
Here's what I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying. Why didn't you just add L.A. Knight to the whole fucking thing in the first place? Instead of just making it the way it is. Now, my version is this. I think the reason why AJ Styles doesn't want anything to do... Uh, why he was kicked out was because I don't think he wants anything to do with Paul Heyman. Now, most of you guys have heard about the story about Paul Heyman and AJ Styles from years ago, right? Now, I think I think AJ Styles has some type of respect for Paul Heyman, some type of respect in many ways possible, but I don't think he likes him in real life. Let's let's get that out of the way in real life. Now, <clears throat> I think if things were to go in the right direction, I think I think if things would have gone in the right direction, I think it would have been nice to see AJ Styles and John Cena taking on the bloodline. Not that I'm saying it's the better match. I'm just saying it would have been nice because it's not often I see Cena and AJ Styles team up to take on the bloodline in any way possible because it would cause dissension amongst the ranks of the OC. Let's think about that for a moment and also i mean would lead to something that would probably split the oc in many ways possible now where does la knight fit into all of this now to me la knight fitting into this should have been the original plan it should have been the original plan but like any plan something will come in to mess things up and what messed things up was the fact that la knight had COVID 19 right so there was no way to do it so they took out aj styles L.A. Knight had COVID-19. And then the plan that was supposed to have happened the following night happened the next, not the next night, but uh, the next week. Where John Cena is about to get attacked. The contract's, the contract's in his hand. He needs a partner. He needs somebody to sign it. L.A. Knight comes out in for the save. And he has signed the contract. Now, is this big for L.A. Knight? Yes, it is. Is this the first time he's going to interact with main event stars? Absolutely. Because when you think about this, extremely close. Solo Sokola, a main event star. Jimmy Uso, a main event star. John Cena, the biggest main eventer of them all. And LA Knight aligned with these individuals is perfect. It's perfect in so many ways. So now, how do we see this matchup go? How I see it is, it's going to be John Cena and LA Knight... You know, pretty much doing what they can. It's going to be an inexperienced team. They're not going to have enough to, you know, get into in this whole situation. But I think L.A. Knight's professional. I think he knows what he has to do. And I think he's going to do well with John Cena in this matchup. And as far as Jimmy Uso and Soto Sokoa, the winner of the matchup is going to end up being L.A. Knight winning over Jimmy Uso. And it's going to have a certain tribal chief, a certain head of the table, a certain undisputed WWE Universal Champion extremely upset if that happens. So I think all of us can agree that LA Knight and John Cena are going to beat the bloodline at WWE Fastlane and it's going to lead to something bigger than you could possibly imagine. Okay, and now let's get to the last matchup right here. Seth freaking Rollins going one-on-one against Shinsuke Nakamura for the Underworld Heavyweight Championship. I was about to say the Undisputed. No, no, that's not what it is. It's going to be a last man standing match. Um, 
boy. Uh, so let's follow in with everything that we know as far as Seth Rollins go. Now, I was supposed to have uh, played a clip because um, you heard me pause there for just a moment, but uh, I, I guess I couldn't. Um, I was going to try and put something together and get a promo set up, but uh, I don't think it's ready yet. And also, uh, you know, it wasn't set the way I want it, so... I decided we're just going to go ahead and go forward and go right to uh, what we need to talk about here. So, this matchup with Nakamura and Seth Rollins have been, has been intriguing and it's been good to say the very least. Some people find it to be a bit like we don't want to see this match again. And personally to me, it's like we need to see this match again because we need to kind of... We need to see where this is going. Now... When these two had their match at Payback, it was a fantastic match. As good as it can get between Nakamura and, and uh, Seth Rollins. We knew that the, the ending of this was going to be Rollins winning it, which would be perfect. Now, I think if I said this correctly, if Seth Rollins wins, it would be over, right? But I had not anticipated for Nakamura to attack Seth Rollins right after the match. So that's what did took place at Payback, right? So, now it gets a chance for Nakamura to play mind games with Rollins while Rollins becomes a champion and goes at him every chance he gets, right? So, every time Rollins comes out, Seth Rollins, or uh, every time Rollins comes out, Nakamura decides to go ahead and attack him. And he attacks him from behind, he does all these things, and Nakamura refuses to go after the championship. However, he decided to give him a match that would be perfect for Shitskin. Uh, that would be perfect for Seth Rollins. And that match would be a last man standing match. So, I'm like, oh, that's brilliant. And then the look on Seth Rollins' face tells the entire story. Tells everything that you need to know. So, now, we're in this position. I, I didn't see this, but uh, I may have to get a chance to check it out. Because I, I was watching Raw, but I know that I had to take off somewhere because I had some things I had to go do. Right? I couldn't I couldn't possibly do anything, but I think I remember something about... Um, they had mentioned that uh, Nakamura was on the screen, Seth Rollins was looking, and... Then Shinsuke Nakamura attacked him while Nakamura was, you know, like, I, I guess he was, uh, what is it, being psychic or something about everything. And it led to Seth Rollins going down for the count and Nakamura holds on to the World Heavyweight Championship and just has it up in the air like, oh, wow, you know. So, so... What's my prediction in this matchup between Nakamura and Seth Rollins? Now, I mentioned this before, and I say it again. I think we need to see Nakamura become the world heavyweight champion. I think we need to see that happen because of a couple of things. Number one, I think the idea of Seth Rollins still walking away with the championship, it would be good. It would be good to say the very least, but I think in in my mind, I think in the minds of others, I think we need to see Nakamura become the champion. It needs to happen. Look, listen, Nakamura, to me, Shinsuke is a very valuable asset, and it would suck 
it would suck if he were to walk away. If if Seth Rollins were to walk away, the world heavyweight champion. My personal opinion on the matter is I think Nakamura needs to win it. I think we need to see Nakamura being pushed to the level we've never seen it before. This feud between Rollins and and Nakamura has become extremely personal. So I think the last man standing match will do good if Rollins were to stay down. If Rollins were to lose. If Rollins were to just lose the championship, because let's face it, let's see. Uh, Rollins has been champion since May, June, July, August, September, October. It's been five months now. It's been five months since Rollins has been champion. I think we need to see the title switch hands. I think it needs to happen. I think the fan, I think the fans will hate Nakamura even more if he was the world champion. But I think he would be a fantastic world champion if that happens. So, to end this prediction, to end this section right here, I think we need to see if Rollins wins it. It won't be a surprise. It won't be a surprise. It'll be a disappointment, but it won't be a surprise. But I think Nakamura should walk away with the world heavyweight championship. I think we need to see uh, the next Japanese superstar, well, the first Japanese superstar anyway, to walk away with that particular championship. I think he deserves it. I think I think WWE fans will hate it, but also I think some fans will rather appreciate the fact that this is taking place with Nakamura. So, at no mercy, I'm sorry, at no mercy, at Fastlane, Shinsuke Nakamura to walk away with the World Heavyweight Championship, defeating Seth Rollins. But like I said before, do not be surprised if Seth Rollins were to somehow walk away with the World Heavyweight Championship. So those are all the matches that are going to take place at WWE Fastlane. Check it out live on pay-per-view. You could also check it out on Peacock. Subscribe to it. Get to it as fast as you can. And check out WWE Fastlane tonight. All the matches from the WWE Tag Team Championship, the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championship being online. Six-man tag team matchup. Triple threat match for the WWE Women's Championship. Last man standing match for the World Heavyweight Championship. And the tag match that everyone is talking about. John Cena, LA Knight taking on the bloodline. A lot of stuff is going to go down tonight at WWE Fastlane. We're on the Fastlane track. And you guys need to get on it right now. Thank you. 
tell you that was one of the coolest openings i've ever seen where all of us you know i'm watching nxt i'm watching part of nxt anyway and uh, well well I, I say part of it because i didn't get a chance to see the first match but i did see the rest early on but the cold open i mean if anybody has remembered the very popular game wwf no mercy Remember when you first played that game on your NEX 60, on your uh, N64, and you wanted to create your own character? It had one of, I think it had the best graphics, it had the best moves, it had everything, you know, I, I love it, you know, it was good. <clears throat> I loved it for what it was. I owned the game, uh, I played the game several times, I've created several characters in that whole moment and everything, and it was pretty good to make that you know it was very very good to make that so that's what we saw so the difference was what it was an nxt version it was the nxt no mercy it pretty much showed the the video graphics and everything i mean it was practically like you know <laughs> it was practically like that so it was pretty good for what it was all right so they showed the countdown show at the very beginning of the show where you had Blair Davenport defeat uh, Kalani Jordan in that matchup. The first matchup of the night was Baron Corbin taking on Braun Breaker, right? And I didn't see much of the matchup, but this was something where I felt, oh, wow. <clears throat> I'm hope I mean, I may have to see the matchup for what it is, but... Braun Breaker defeating 
I mean, um, Baron Corbin defeated Braun Breaker at the very beginning of the matchup. Uh, I think I remember seeing uh, Corbin coming out in a motorcycle, right? <clears throat> I think it was right at the beginning of the show. What, what does he think he is? The Undertaker? <laughs> that was crazy. So, the next matchup was Trick Williams going up against Dirty Dominic Mysterio for the NXT North American Championship. Now, in this match, it was about 10 minutes into the match, right? I loved it. It was a great match. Trick Williams looked outstanding. Dominic looked pretty outstanding in that matchup. And the only thing that I find funny with this is that, like, I, I, I kept wondering, are we, are we going to see an appearance by, by Mommy? Is Mommy going to show up for any reason? Is any other member of the Judgment Day going to appear in this matchup? No, nobody did. Dom had lost the championship right to Trick Williams. Trick Williams became the new NXT North American champion. And that was like, oh, wow. I mean, I I mean, I was... Now, check this out. This, the night... NXT No Mercy happened at the same time as the Canelo fight, right? Now, I didn't... Not, the Canelo fight didn't happen until later... But the event, I mean, I was outside watching the boxing, and then I had my laptop computer out because I wanted to see No Mercy. I wanted to see how everything went down and everything, you know, seeing it the same side and everything, right? So, when I saw it for what it was, you know, it was like, wow, you know, and I really wasn't expecting Drake Williams to win it. It would have been the right call. It would have been... The right call to do, but unfortunately, I mean, we 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 kind of knew what happened at, over at the end. But I'll, I'll talk about that later. Uh, Trick Williams wins the championship over Dominic Mysterio, becomes a new North American champion. It was fantastic. It was great, and everybody loved it. Everybody loved it. Congratulations to Trick Williams for becoming the new NXT North American champion. Oh, with Dragon Lee as the referee, by the way, I forgot. I forgot that Dragon Lee was the referee for the matchup and everything, so he did kind of... Well, he didn't really... He played a role as a referee as he should, but, you know, not for <clears throat> what it was and stuff. <coughs> okay. Next match, Fatal 4-Way for the Tag Team Championships. He had... Hold up. Sorry, I had to have me a drink there. You have the members of the family of Tony D'Angelo and Stax. They defeated the team of the Creed Brothers. Uh, who's the other one? OTM and Los Lotharios. Well, actually, I, th I don't think they're called Los Lotharios. It's just Angel Garza and Umberto Carrillo. So <clears throat> we don't know what the deal is. Matchup was good. Tag team match was outstanding. Tony D'Angelo was taken out of the game at least for about a good, I would say, maybe five, six minutes, and then until he came back into the matchup and everything. So, yeah. I mean, we kind of knew, like, my first thought is he's coming back. Hey, hey, Tony, hey, he's he coming back. All right? Don't worry about it. No sweat. Forget about it, hey? <laughs> so... Yeah, the matchup went down the way it did. The family retained their tag team championship and everything. So, yeah. 
Okay, so this one, it was kind of, um, it was stupid, it was ridiculous, it was fantastic at the same time. But it was also a match that I feel something needed to change and we know where this is going. Noam Darm defeated Butch in the British Rounds Rules match for the NXT Heritage Cup Championship. And uh, and also, and I, I didn't see this, and I, I think I should have saw it when I had the opportunity, and I kept wondering why there was so much interference. You, you knew the interference was coming. I mean, all of us saw that interference coming from the metaphor. That's what we were looking for. But all of a sudden, we would see interference coming from the Gallus boys. The Gallus boys came in, interfered in the match. It was over. It was done. So Noam Darn retained his Heritage Cup championship, defeating Butch and... I mean, he, he just, you just knew they were going to get involved. You just knew. I mean, come on. I mean, can, can for once, I swear to fuck God, if this is supposed to be a, a Heritage Cup championship, if it's supposed to be as prestigious as people make it, why not just have two people on one side and two people on the other and keep the other morons out of the match? I swear to God. I mean, you'd be upset about this match, too, if you had to look at it and see all these idiots come in and get involved in it. Don't get me wrong. I like Lash Legend and uh, uh, Jakara Jackson being there because they're fucking hot. But why? 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 Why is this group even around? What's so badass about metaphor? It's a metaphor. You know what I'm saying? Anyways, we go from the absolutely ridiculous to... The absolute best. Not Ilya Dragunov. I was about to say Nijax. Ilya Dragunov defeated Carmelo Hayes to become the new NXT champion. Now, I was impressed by this match. I loved it. It it lasted, yeah, it said about 21 minutes and, and 40, 21 minutes and 4 seconds. It was a fantastic match for what it was. I believe, I felt in my heart that Carmelo Hayes was going to win. But I had the strange feeling, all of us had the strange feeling that if things went differently, if if uh, Trick Williams were to win the North American Championship, then we would see Carmelo Hayes lose the NXT Championship. And that's exactly what took place. That's exactly what happened. And, man, it was... It was hard-hitting. It was everything that you would expect from a classic Ilya Dragunov match. You you can't go wrong with it. You can't go wrong with it at all. And no doubt there'll probably be a rematch. No doubt there will probably be a rematch for the NXT, uh, for the NXT Championship somewhere down the road. But we shall see how all that rolls on. But anyways, congratulations for Ilya Dragunov for becoming the new NXT champion. And this kind of does give give out something. Now, Ilya Dragunov was the, la- well, he wasn't the last person to hold on to the NXT United Kingdom championship. But that championship was, um, 
He had it for a while, and then he was stripped of the championship because of injury, right? And I think the last person to hold on to it was Tyler Bate. So Ilya Dragunov never really lost the championship. So in many ways, this may be the first time for Ilya Dragunov to become the NXT champion. But when you think about it, it's a championship that even though he won, it's a championship that I think he never lost. Just think about that for a moment. Because keep in mind, the NXT championship and the NXT United Kingdom Championship both were unified about a year ago, okay? So, when you think about it, that's a championship that belongs to Ilya. He won it. He got it. But we know that he had it all this time because he was never he was never given a proper rematch. And also, we know that uh, Ilya Dragunov, you know, never lost a championship, so this is the way to go. So, <clears throat> big congratulations to Ilya Dragunov for winning the NXT Championship. Now it's time for the main event. Becky Lynch going one-on-one against Tiffany Stratton for the NXT Women's Championship in an Extreme Rules match. The man came off looking like a man, if and you can understand why. And, uh, well, just go ahead and give away the spoiler there. Tiffany Stratton, or I'm sorry, Becky Lynch defeated Tiffany Stratton to retain her, her NXT Women's Championship. <clears throat> now, we know. we I saw the match. I saw how bad it was. Tiffany Stratton got cut real early. And I saw that, and I was like, oh, wow. I really was not expecting Tiffany Stratton to get cut open. I really, because when I saw, uh, when I saw the graphic, when I saw Tiffany got up, there was like, I guess, a cut or something right on the side of her face, and you see the blood pouring right there, and I was like, oh my God, what the fuck happened? You know? I may have to I may have to look at NXT No Mercy just to get a good idea of what exactly happened. So there was all sorts of stuff involved. Uh, they were out in the crowd beating the shit out of each other. <clears throat> Tiffany was trying to hit beat Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch was trying to, to beat Tiffany. It was everything you could possibly imagine. It was good. It was good from both parts. Becky Lynch was the man, if you will. Becky Lynch was in Becky Lynch. Uh, Tiffany Stratton was incredible in this matchup, and I think um, to to people that believe, and I'll and I'll say this, for people to believe that Tiffany Stratton is buried, you're out of your fucking mind. If anything, I think Tiffany Stratton was the right person to become champion. I felt she should have held the championship just a little while longer, but maybe sometime in the future. We'll see, we'll see Tiffany Stratton become the next NXT Women's Champion. But there are a lot of contenders out there that want to go for that championship. Not just Tiffany, but you got Tegan Knox wanting to go after the championship. You got Roxanne Perez who want to go after the championship. Uh, Lyra Valkyra, Valkyria is going to go after the NXT Women's Championship. There's a lot of stuff <clears throat> that is going to happen with the NXT brand. So no mercy 
was spectacular. Big congratulations go out to Becky Lynch for retaining the NXT Women's Championship. And big, big congratulations to Tiffany Stratton for holding her own. And she came in and did what she could. This kind of reminded me of that one match she had with Wendy Chu. I think it was that last man standing match. I don't know when. But it was fantastic. It was good for what it was. I loved it. And, you know, it can only get better from here. Now, there is, uh, there is something that we do want to talk about right here on this episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast. Speaking of NXT, we know that this coming Tuesday, uh, we know that there's going to be a, <clears throat> a head-to-head collision of some sorts between NXT and AEW Dynamite. That's right. AEW Dynamite <clears throat> and NXT are going to be competing on a Tuesday instead of a Wednesday. So, with that being said, uh, I'd like to give you a little bit of a backroom deal. And uh, this is going to be some talk from Dave Meltzer and from Brian Alvarez about what's going to happen on Tuesday, what match is going to take place, and uh, I'll discuss with it a little bit more with you later, right here after this. Well, next week is uh, Title Tuesday. The AW and NXT shows are going head-to-head. And they've announced for NXT, Carmelo Hayes with John Cena. He's going to the Performance Center against Braun Breaker with Paul Heyman. Roxanne Perez will be facing Asuka. And Cody Rhodes is showing up on NXT to make a major announcement, which is likely the Dusty Cup. And uh, that goes head-to-head with AEW, which has announced a bunch of matches well, they got a lot. Well. They announced a lot more than that, didn't they? Uh, those are the major matches featuring the other talent. Um, I thought they... they uh, well, AEW has six things. Yeah. We've got uh, Soraya versus Hikaru Shida for the women's title. We've got Ray Phoenix versus John Moxley for the international title. So John so Moxley I'm, is cleared and ready to go. I'm guessing that, that they go back to, to John Very Moxley. Likely. Since likely. that was the since Ray Phoenix was never supposed to win, we have and he's banged up. We've got TNT Championship. We're both banged up. Number one contenders match. Well, I mean Moxley is is cleared from his concussion. Phoenix is. I mean, when you have to do an angle on Sunday to get him out of the match so that he's okay to do a match on Wednesday, I mean, well, he's, he's hurt. His back is shot right yeah. now. We have the uh, TNT Championship number one contenders match: Brian Danielson versus Swerve, which is an interesting winner gets ma- Christian. Yeah, winner gets Christian. Probably, uh, I don't know. You think pay per view? Well, I guess I guess they could do the pay- do it on the pay per view. Yeah, or maybe or maybe on one of the other shows earlier. And we got uh, Jay White versus Hangman Page, which which Jay White has to win. He sure does. He's uh, already announced as facing MGF at full gear. So, I mean, that's two straight losses for Hangman. Yep. yep. He's got to rebuild. Adam Copeland versus Luchasaurus yep. in his debut. And Chris Jericho versus Powerhouse Hobbs, who has joined Don Callis' family. So yep. that is the lineup thus far for Title Tuesday coming up yeah. next week. So it's going to be real interesting. I think that... Uh, John Cena would probably lead to NXT getting the win. You would think so, certainly. Yeah. Um, I think that, uh, um, well, I mean, it depends on... I mean, dude, they've come close without John Cena. And we're talking AEW going on their, uh, not their normal night. They haven't come close. 
They've, I mean, they've come close in terms of, of uh, viewership. They've been up total viewers, yeah, yeah. But I mean, eighteen to forty nine, they haven't come close. Well, eighteen Dynamite's... to thirty four, eighteen to thirty four, they came close once, but they that and that was the goal. The goal has been for a long time to to win that one, and they still haven't. Although they they may with John Cena, they they have a real good shot at winning. I mean, um, yeah, I think I think that they're I think that that they should probably win, especially because AEW is moving to a new night. But I mean, to give AEW credit, they promoted the hell out of the fact that they're on Tuesday. They I sure mean, did. Very often that is not the case, but they did. But I also expect. Heavy, heavy promotion. I don't think this dude isn't committed and and determined to beat NXT next week. They're going to try. I mean, yeah, no. I mean, both both companies are loading up, and the reason is is for this. I mean, it's 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 a real competition, and um, I mean the um, the thing I expect very heavy promotion of NXT on Raw next Monday, probably the heaviest ever, because this Monday was pretty heavy. But I think next Monday will be well for sure. It'll be heavier. It'll be probably the heaviest ever, and um, I would expect more big big roster names on that show next week uh, than you know that will get announced on Monday. Tony Khan on attendance. Yeah, he sent out a tweet. You know, I mean, because I had mentioned, you know, like uh, normally when when attendances are, are announced publicly, it is not the paid attendance; it is the total attendance. And I mentioned that, uh, you know, the total attendance as far as paid and, and uh, you know, the, the, the usual, I mean, wrestling attendance that's announced is, is, is it's many times, if it's WWE, it's, it's just falsified, okay? It's just, just, you know, a falsified number. But, I mean, historically, the number you're going to get is paid plus paper that, um, you know, that attends the show. Um, so that number would be somewhere in the realm of 85,000. I mean, paid in paper was 85 and change. And I just go like, you know, normally you would announce 85 and they announced 81,035. 81, and, um, he said that the reason he did that was because if you announce total attendance, uh, which would be, you know, the 85,000 number, then we don't set the record because the record is the Korean show. But if we announce paid attendance, we're setting a record. So he announced the record setter. And so, you know, that's what he said tonight. Um, so that was the reason. That's for Wembley, obviously. For the Wembley show, yes. Yes, although there's been, you know, that's been cause of uh, a lot of people getting upset. Well, you know, there's been a lot of weirdness, I'll just say. I mean... There's a lot. Of, boy, boy, was today a weird day. I mean, just just the fact that uh, that Tuesday thing's coming up has got some people really weirded out. So there you go. I have no idea what that means. Oh man, people are just like really weird about this Tuesday thing, you know, because they're going head to head, and people are, you know, I mean, it's 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 the tribal weirdos, but I mean, it's like, uh, you know, it's it's just it's it's like, you know. WWE is not trying to compete with them at all. It's it's they're just trying to get a better television rights deal, and um, just all kinds of just weirdness. And AEW started it. They're moving, you know, they're moving onto NXT's night. And it's like there's a freaking you know there's freaking baseball playoff game. It's got AEW didn't want to move there to to go there, but whatever. It's head to head. It's good for the, you know it's good for viewers. Both both companies are sending out big big shows. So the viewers win, and there's nothing wrong with the competition. The competition is fine. It's not like anyone's cheating. You know, they're trying to win a night, and that's that's fine. 
Uh, and both very, very hard. Both are going, you know, I mean, they're loading up the shows. So that's a good thing. Um, but it's, you know, whatever. All right. Uh, the next Stardom pay-per-view. Yeah. Let me, get, let me get the line up there. So Stardom's got uh, October 9th show. So it's Monday, which is also the same day as the next big, the, the New Japan Sumo Hall show. So I should mention one thing. So in the New Japan Sumo Hall show, in the Just Five Guys group, actually it's four guys because Yoshinobu Kanemaru switched to House of Torture. So they announced that they will be adding a fifth guy. So they, in fact, will be, remain just five guys and not just four guys. Um, so that Sonata said that they will announce that on the Monday show, uh, which is headlined by Sonata and Evil, among other matches for the uh, IWGP title. And, um, well, you know, it's certainly one of the least looked forward to uh, IWGP championship matches in a long time. So the stardom show is... Um, um, Tam Nakano against Natsuka Tora for the World of Stardom title. Uh, Mirai against, um, is it uh, Momo Watanabe for the Wonder of Stardom title. And then Kairi's final match before going to WWE. Kairi, Mayu Iwatani, and Nanai Takahashi against Koguma, Azuki, and Sayahida. Um, so um, that's what's going on there. And um, i trying to remember what else is on the... Um, but the uh, you know the the New Japan show is pretty loaded. They got uh, Okada, Tanahashi, and Ishii against Josh Alexander and uh, Chris Sabin and Alex Shelley uh, for the trios title is uh, one of the big matches. And Will Ospreay and Josh Alexander are going to be wrestling in two weeks on an Impact show in Cicero, Illinois. Um, it's actually the day after Bound for Glory. So if Josh Alexander beats Alex Shelley at Bound for Glory, he will defend the title in a TV match against Will Ospreay. And if he doesn't, then you just have Josh Alexander and Will Ospreay and the Will Ospreay tour of every promotion in the world, having incredible matches with their best workers thing. Uh, Will Ospreay is also wrestling Mike Bailey on the pay-per-view, right? Yeah, on, at Bound for Glory. So, um, which could be, you know, one of the best matches in Impact history. Okay, so you just heard the comments from Brian Alvarez and Dave Meltzer about Title Tuesday. Now, as you guys know, NXT and AEW are on a collision course happening this coming Tuesday night. And it's going to be an interesting Tuesday because I think we've had them face-to-face before. I'm not sure. I could be wrong. But uh, this should be interesting. So I'm looking into some stuff here from Sports uh, Sports Kida. And it says... It says, what is AEW Title Tuesday 2023? Everything you must know about the Dynamite Special going head-to-head with NXT. And uh, we see a couple of the deals here. Okay. Now, here's what it says. It says, a special episode of Dynamite AEW Title Tuesday will be held on October 10th and will be a major show for the promotion. The match card features several title matches as well as the in-ring debut of Adam Copeland, which we will talk about later on in this episode of the Main Event Talk podcast. Well, I just had to add that in there. But anyways, Copeland will have his first AEW match against Luchasaurus Title Tuesday 
that in itself should set the tempo for the event. There's a lot more where that came from. Keep going right here. Okay. It says here, full list of AEW Dynamite title Tuesday match card. John Moxley returns to challenge Ray Phoenix for the International Championship. Now, I'm not going to get into detail about all of these deals here, but let me get into this one deal. That's the, the first title right here. It says here, John Moxley was, of course, was a cause of concern after his match with Ray Phoenix at Dynamite Grand Slam, unfortunately suffered a botch ending. He's returning to the ring at Title Tuesday and will attempt to reclaim the AEW International Championship. This is kind of funny, isn't it? I mean, the fact that Ray Phoenix just won this title about two weeks ago, and now all of a sudden, we're handing it back to you. Dude, why not set this for like another month or something? Or at least give John Moxley some more time to at least get his head fixed if he can. Anyways, Hikaru Shiro will go into battle with Soraya for the AEW Women's World Championship. The Women's World Championship feud is pretty long drawn by now, but the two stars involved will undoubtedly put together a stellar contest. Soraya will be looking to continue her title reign with Akaru Shira attempts to reclaim the gold. Okay, let me give me my prediction. Obviously, the first prediction I have is John Moxley to retaining his champ to winning his championship back against Ray Phoenix. I guess John Moxley is smart enough to let Ray Phoenix go, but then again, I heard something about a back injury and all this other stuff, and you know how that shit rolls. We'll have to talk about it later. Anyways, John uh, John Moxley to retain his championship, and as far as this matchup goes, look, listen, I feel like I feel like Ikaru Shira deserves to be the champion again. I, I really don't want to see Soraya still be champion. I know some people will disagree agree with me upon that, but I said this before, right before the All-In took place. I said that for business sense, it would be wise to have Okado Shira still become the champion. That would be the right call to go for. However, in the sense of business, as far as Wembley Stadium, as far as hometown goes, you're going to go with Soraya to win it. Soraya did win, and we all know that. And however, I, 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 you know, after that, what has she done? I mean, the only person that I felt that should have taken the championship from her should have been Tony Storm. Tony Storm is going through this dramatic change, and in my personal opinion, I think Tony Storm would have been better as a champion than Soraya. That's just my that's just my opinion. That's just my thought. I'm sorry. Tony is going through this dramatic change, and I'm hoping that we see her become champion soon. Right? So, in this matchup, look, I think Akaru Shira, to me, is the better champion. And I think it would be nice to see her walk away with that championship. However, how I'm looking at this as I don't see her winning it, which sucks. Soraya's going to win it because of Ruby Soho. And, and Akaru Shira, look, listen. I always feel she's the only champion in this entire roster that has really never lost that championship. Let's let's call it like we see it. Akaru Shira 
is a better champion and has a very better win-loss record than any of the women out there. I can guarantee you that right now. So I have the strange feeling that even though my opinion should be Akato Shira winning the championship, it's going to end up Soraya winning it and you know how all that shit rolls. It's just stupid. It's ridiculous. It's out of control. So the next matchup right here, this will be um, uh, this one right here. Adam Copeland will meet Luchasaurus in the ring. I think this is what's supposed to happen uh, following his debut. Uh, rest, uh, well, f- sorry. Following <clears throat> following his debut at WrestleDream, Adam Copeland will compete in a match in, in an AEW ring for the very first time. Radar Superstar is going up against Luchasaurus in a highly, a hotly, hotly, how about highly anticipated match contest? Uh, it's not really a highly anticipated match, especially when you got Luchasaurus involved. But no doubt Adam Copeland will do what he can. So Adam Copeland to win the match hands down. This matchup, I'm not going to read the rest of this, but I'm going to read some of the matches that are going to take place at the title Tuesday as far as AEW goes. Brian Daniels is going to go one-on-one against Swerve Strickland. Winner becomes the number one contender for the TNT Championship. I say Brian Danielson wins. I say Brian Danielson wins. I, I I think I need to see if Brian Danielson wins it. It'll be great. If Swartz Strickland wins it, I don't have a problem with that either. But I think we're going to go with Brian Danielson to win it, unless Brian Danielson somehow loses it to Swerve Strickland. I mean that would be interesting for Tuesday. Very very interesting for Tuesday, for say the least. Okay. Sorry, just eating a little bit of pizza. This one will be interesting as well. Jay White and Hangman Adam Page are set to go one-on-one against each other. Jay White wins, hands down. There's no point. There's no point in talking about this matchup. This is nothing ridiculous here. Chris Jericho has a powerhouse Hobbs to look at in the ring. Powerhouse Hobbs to take on Chris Jericho. If Chris Jericho loses the match to Powerhouse Hobbs and puts him over, that would be great. Okay. So so far, those are the matches that are going to take place at AEW Dynamite this coming Tuesday. Now. Let's go to the next card right here. Title Tuesday will be going up against the WWE's NXT. Now, reads here. While the AEW Dynamite ta- uh, Title Tuesday matchup card is interesting in itself, there is a t- there is a tad bit at odds. <laughs> Trying to read this correctly here. Uh, let's see. It says there is a tad bit that adds all the more spice to the program. Title Tuesday will be broadcast on the same day as WWE NXT. Really? I didn't know. Did you know that? Did you know that? Oh, my God. Let me continue on. In an all-inspiring move, WWE stacks next week's NXT's match card. 
John Cena, Cody Rhodes, Asuka, Paul Heyman have all been confirmed for appearances on next week's episode of the Sports Entertainment Giants Third Brand. And it says here, Carmelo Hayes reveals that the 16-time world champion will be in his corner. His uh, in, in his corner for his match with Braun Breaker next week. In response, Paul Heyman announced that he would be in the corner of Braun Breaker with blessings from Roman Reigns. <laughs> Extremely interesting there, huh? Okay. Now, uh, it's also confirmed that Cody Rhodes would be coming to NXT and make a major announcement. A lot of people are saying the Dusty Cup. Isn't that somewhere like in the beginning of February or August or something like that? I mean, am I the only one that sees that coming? Oh, my God. Let's see. Several other... I, I think they, You know what I think the announcement is? And I'll tell you this right now. And I'm, I'm, I'm calling it right here on the Main Event Talk podcast. Jade Cargill is going to be at NXT. Hands down. That's the move. That's why, That's my prediction. We're going to go with it. Everybody else can go whatever the fuck they want to. But they will be completely wrong if you know what I mean. Several other matches will appear on the show as well as Becky Lynch, the NXT Women's Champion, and Dominic Mysterio, the NXT North American Champion, will also both most likely appear. Asuka will face off against Roxanne Perez and the Women's Breakout Tournament continues. Says here, are you excited for next week's episodes of Dynamite and NXT? Tell us in the comments below. Let me tell you what I think. And uh, let's look at this for all perspective reasons because I got to be the main event and I got to be me. So here's how we're going to roll with this, if you will. We'll start off with John Moxley versus Ray Phoenix for the International AEW Championship. My thought is John John Moxley is going to walk away with the championship. That's it. And Ray Phoenix is going to be left in the dirt. But uh, well, he had a back injury. Who it doesn't matter. None of us cares. Let's see. Adam Copeland will meet. Luchasaurus in the ring. Adam Copeland wins, hands down. There's nothing else to talk about here. Hikaru Shira will go one-on-one against Soraya. Soraya will win it, and Hikaru Shira will be left in the dust, which fucking sucks, which in my opinion, I think Hikaru Shira should walk away with the championship, hands down. There's nothing need to talk about there. Next one, Brian Danielson will collide against Swerve Strickland, as much as I love it, I think Brian Danielson will win it, but I have a feeling it's going to be Swerve Strickland winning it and moving on to go after the TNT Championship. That could happen, but we shall see how all this rolls. Jay White and Hangman Adam Page to go one-on-one against each other. Hangman Adam Page will lose. Jay White will win. Hands down. Nothing else to talk about there. Chris Jericho and Powerhouse Hobbs. Do I need to say any further? And the fact that Powerhouse Hobbs could win against Chris Jericho. That is all. On the AEW side, we know about what's going to take place on Tuesday here. Let's see. Carmella Hayes go one-on-one against Braun Breaker. A rematch from Stand and Deliver and from Battleground. 
Braun Breaker could win it or Carmelo Hayes, but we'll see how that rolls. We'll go with Carmelo Hayes. It's going to be a fantastic match. Can't wait to check it out. Let's see. Cody Rhodes to confirm a major announcement, which will probably not be the Dusty Cup. It will probably be the fact that Jade Cargill will probably be at NXT on Tuesday, which will blow the fuck up, if you know what I'm saying. Okay. Let's see what else we got. Asuka will take on Roxanne Perez. Good match. I have a feeling it's going to end up... Uh, I'll be surprised if Roxanne Perez does beat Asuka, but I think Asuka will probably beat the pants off of Roxanne. And Kiana James will not exactly what, what she will receive from Asuka if she tries to disrespect her. That's how it goes. Becky Lynch is set to defend her championship against Val- Valkyria, I believe. And no doubt Dominic Mysterio will make an appearance over there. So there's a lot of stuff happening this coming Tuesday on Tuesday night. NXT and AEW Dynamite. So check local listings. Check out NXT and check out AEW Dynamite in your area. Remember AEW is on. AEW Dynamite is on. I believe it on TBS if I'm not mistaken. And also... Uh, NXT on Tuesdays on the USA Network at its usual time. NXT versus AEW all over again. It's the Wednesday Night Wars, but we've brought it to Tuesday night. Who will win this fight? We'll find out.
What's going on, guys? Firmer Torres here from the Main Event Talk Podcast. And as you guys know, October is officially coming into play. September is done. We don't have to deal with summer anymore, at least not here in Texas anyway. And we're coming into the fall season, and we're getting ready for some football. And that means you guys will get an opportunity to come over to Rich's Billiards and go check out your favorite NFL teams as they compete against each other. Whether it's the Dallas Cowboys or the Philadelphia Eagles or the Green Bay Packers or the New York City Jets or however it rolls. Whatever team you go for, you can head over to Rich's Billiards to go check out your favorite teams along with your friends, your family, and you can head over to drink some beer, shoot some pool, have yourself a good time and everything else like that. Hey, and why not go ahead and go down and check out Pinkies just down where the back area is. You can go there and have some pizza, have some hamburgers, have some wings, have some of the best wings that Pinkies has to offer, and I recommend it because the main event has had those wings, and they are perfect, just right, hot enough to melt your tongue, and you're going to want some more in any way possible. So head over to Pinkies right there, right where Rich's Village is at, and don't forget... Besides football, we have several big concert events happening. We also have several other big events that are going to be happening in the next few weeks coming into 2023. And, of course, Emo Night. You can never forget Emo Night when it comes to Rich's Billiard. So, if you guys got nothing to do on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday... The main event recommends you to head over to Rich's Billiards and get there as early as you can. Have yourself a beer. Have yourself a shot. Check out 
Some of the live events are going to be happening. You can take over the jukebox, have a conversation with a friend. Hey, start a fight. Who knows? Rich's Billiards, 5815 Weber. Not your average heroes. The legend continues. The bar among bars and the billiards among billiards. I am the main event player, the Super C Kid, and I approve this message. Next Sunday, October 1st, it'll be one of the greatest nights in wrestling with every match capable of stealing the show and a card befitting the legacy of a kingdom that has touched every one of us. AEW and the world of pro wrestling will converge as the greatest champions and rivalries in this sport will take center stage live on pay-per-view at AEW Wrestle Dream next Sunday. We'll pay tribute to the dreamer who made this all possible, the late, great Antonio Inoki, with an event one year in the making. You won't want to miss AEW Wrestle Dream, as we'll end a chapter in wrestling history and begin a new era in AEW live on pay-per-view. Next Sunday night, October 1st. Okay, clearly it's not going to be next Sunday. It already happened. That was just a promo that the main event wanted to put together and everything. Well, actually, not wanted to put together, but I just wanted to add it to my main event song podcast. But Wrestle Dream lands on October the 1st, which, ironically enough, it was about a year ago when the passing of Antonio Inoki had happened. And I kept wondering about why are we paying tribute to this man on this particular pay-per-view? And then it occurs to me as to why, because he was born in February 20th of 1943, and he died in October 1st of 2022. Antonio Inoki, to me, was one of the greatest, if not one of the, you know, the greatest Professional wrestlers to ever come out of Japan. Highly respected in every way possible, but I doubt, and this is just my opinion, this is just my thought, this is just what I think, this pay-per-view really didn't, you know, live up to the expectations of what Antonio Inoki would have liked, you know? So it now leads me to Wrestle Dream. Now, <clears throat> I had a chance to see part of this and saw the rest at the conclusion because I was fixing some breaks. Yes, <clears throat> I was actually fixing some breaks, believe it or not, uh, because I was having a little bit of car trouble. Uh, my brakes went out. I actually did the brake pads on my by myself and everything, and it worked out good. But I'm still having a little bit of an issue. I mean, it's, the truck still stops from time to time, but you know, I'll try to get around to fixing it when I have any opportunity. So. This is what the Wrestle Dream card looked like. He had about four four matches that took place during the zero hour, and the rest had happened earlier. So you got a total of 14 matches. <clears throat> so let's see. 14 matches. Now, if you minus it to four, that's a total of 10 matches, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, 10 matches that took place in the entire card. Now... Let's get into some of these matches. This was... I didn't see them all, but I may have to look into it later. You know. But, uh... Let's see. Eight-person mixed tag match. Athena, Billy Starks, Keith Lee, and... Satoshi Kojima. Satoshi... Satoshi Kojima. Yeah, that's easy to say. Took on Shane Taylor Promotions beat 
Shane Taylor Promotions, if you will, of Lee Moriarty, Shane Taylor, Damintia, and Mercedes. Oh, Dam Dam Damante, right? That's her name, Damante, and Mercedes Martinez. One-on-one -on -one matchup right here, Claudio Clashinoli <laughs> with John Moxley on commentary. Uh, that I'll discuss that another time. <clears throat> Take it on. Defeated Josh Barnett in a singles match. Luchasaurus defeated Nick Wayne. Nothing to talk about there. Billy Gunn and the Acclaim defeated the TMDK. I believe it. What, what is it? I, I think it stood for the Mid Dick. No. What? What was it? What? I, I don't know. <clears throat> Who cares? But anyways, we start off with the opening match. Oh, the Acclaim won, by the way. My apologies. Off of the AEW World Trios Championship. The first matchup began with MJF defeating The Righteous in a two-on-one handicap match for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships. Singles match for the ROH World Heavyweight Championship and Strong Overweight Championship, Eddie Kingston defeated Shibata. Chris Statlander retained her TBS championship as she defeated Julia Hart. The Young Bucks defeated the Lucha Brothers, the Guns, Orange Cassidy, and Hook to become the number one contenders, which they will have an opportunity at the AEW World Tag Team Champions, and you'll find out who those individuals are later on in this episode. Swerve Strickland defeated Hangman Adam Page in a 20-minute classic. Almost a 20-minute classic. Ricky Starks defeated Wheeler Yuta. Brian Danielson, one-on-one, -on -one, defeated Zack Sabre Jr. in an all-time classic, I gotta say. Let me look down the list here a little bit. It's actually, yeah. Don Callis, the Don Callis family of uh, Take a Shit. Yes, I'm sorry. To take, talk to you. Um, Takeshka. There we go. Konoski, Takeshka, Will Ospreay, and Sammy Guevara defeated the Golden Elite and Chris Jericho in a six-man tag. FTR defeated Ozzy Open, Kyle Fletcher, and Mark Davis, right? And we know that the number one contenders for the tag team titles will be FTR taking on the Young Bucks, number four. Why do we need to see number four? Seriously, why? Can we just leave it the fuck alone? And, of course, we had the main event, two out of three falls match for the TNT Championship. Christian Cage defeated Darby Allen. Okay? Now, those were, those, were the, <clears throat> sorry. those were the results of all the matches that took place at that pay-per-view. Now, I am going to say this because I can. Number one, Wrestle Dream was okay. Number two, Wrestle Dream could be better. And number three, it, I, I, and I think I see why they were paying tribute to Antonio Noki because it did land on the date of his, you know, of his final existence. So I can understand why. 
but this pay-per-view really didn't. <clears throat> was it a little bit better than NXT No Mercy? I would say probably. Not all the way, but I would say probably. It was it was it was a decent pay-per-view for what it was. You know? <clears throat> Wasn't exactly like what I expected, but some of the matches that I thought were good. <clears throat> I think MJF winning the tag team titles is pretty good. Shavada versus Eddie Kings, it was not too bad. Chris Statlander and Julia Hart, they put on a good show, especially Julia Hart. She's doing very, very good for herself in the ring. Swerve Strickland beating Adam Page, that was good. Ricky Starks defeating Wheeler, Wheeler Yuta was fantastic. Brian Danielson and Zack Sabre Jr. Holy fucking shit. <clears throat> that was a match for the ages, I gotta tell you. A match for the fucking ages. I mean, <clears throat> it was a fantastic match. It was great. You know, and will we see a rematch somewhere in the Tokyo Dome at Wrestle Kingdom? I don't know. That will be hard to do, but we shall see. <clears throat> we shall see. Okay. So, let me give you my thoughts of the conclusion to Wrestle Dream. Now, even though this pay per view was as good as it was, and it was good, it was good for everything that it is, right? The ending was where it all came into. So, um, the matchup with Darby Allen and Christian Cage was good. I thought the first fall was fantastic when he, he pretty much picked up his turtleneck, covered his fucking face, and then pinned him for the one, two, three, which was fantastic. And then I guess there was a spot, a count-out spot, where, where Christian Cage just took him out easily with the, the steel steps right there. And then Kristen Cage. Oh, sorry. Christian Cage went ahead and took apart the ring, took apart the mat, took apart everything, and was basically trying to kill, kill his opponent in the ring, which he did. So Christian Cage beats Darby Allen. Nick Wayne turns on Darby Allen. Which I found that to be... <laughs> Nick Wayne being a heel? Too soon. Way too fucking soon. Give it six more months, then turn him heel. Have the fans boo him. Don't boo him now. Give me a fucking break. So then, they attack. Uh, Luchasaurus comes out. Sting comes out. Beating the hell out of Darby Allen. Christian is about to do the concerto on Sting. And then we know what took place. Now, before before I explain what's about to happen, I, let's let's relive that. Let's go ahead and go back to it. You know what happened at Wrestle Dream at the conclusion, seeing Edge or or well, I'm sorry, I let the cat out of the bag. But let's see who the individual was that came out, and it was a, an ovation that kind of reminded me of the Royal Rumble 2020 all over again. Here it comes. No, not not to sting.
superstar is in AEW. Adam Copeland has arrived. Well, we heard the rumors, we've heard the talks, we've heard everything that we needed to know. We had heard that Adam Copeland, or <clears throat> let's call it by what we know, we knew that Edge was leaving WWE. We knew that Edge had a lot of things on his mind. We knew that retirement was set for him. Uh, we heard uh, a lot of stuff that could have taken place over at WWE. Whether he would have resigned or not, we don't know. We don't have the clue. We don't have the ideas. We do know that Adam Copeland is now officially in AEW. Now, seeing that whole... Now, I saw the full version of the pay-per-view. Christian was about to lay out Sting, and then all of a sudden an appearance from Adam Copeland shows up. They, they meet face-to-face -face for the first time in years. Christian gives Adam Copeland the, the chair... He's about to hit a concerto on Sting. He's about to hit it, and then all of a sudden he hits Nick Wayne. He throws the chair at Luchasaurus, spears Luchasaurus, then spears Nick Wayne. Christian Cage on the outside holding onto the championship and just has it up in the air like nothing. You know? It was incredible. And then what was even more incredible was seeing Darby Allen shake hands with. The rated R superstar, and then Sting and Edge. That was an iconic moment. My God, seeing these two iconic superstars 
face-to-face shaking hands in the ring, that, that was just an incredible moment that nobody would have ever dreamed of. But it happened, and it happened the way it did. And it was incredible. I mean, we, we knew that the Rated R Superstar Edge was coming. We knew that he was going to go to AEW. We weren't sure when. I wasn't sure if it was going to happen, but it did take place. It did take place for what it did. So, there is a lot of things we're going to cover on this episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast as far as Edge goes. Now, we do have an exclusive. We do have an exclusive. We'll get to it in just a moment. But before we do, let's get to the media scrum that took place with Adam Copeland when he addressed about what he's here in AEW for. You're going to hear it right here on the Main Event Talk Podcast. What is Edge's what is Adam Copeland doing in AEW? What was his feelings towards the WWE and what do we have what does Adam Copeland have in store for AEW in the next few years? We'll find out. Here's the media scrum right now. Mr. Adam Copeland, thank you very much sir. Thank you for having me. So so what's new? <laughs> Sorry for the obvious this is going to be excellent well i'd like to begin uh by welcoming adam to aew and i thought it was a great show tonight thank you everybody for being here tonight at aew wrestle dream uh it was an amazing event thanks to all of you and i'd like to announce adam copeland has officially signed with aew yeah congrats on being all elite and something i'm really excited about uh something that i think is going to set this apart and uh, something that got me even more excited uh, about Adam being here is this is full time. Adam's going to be with us every week. He's going to wrestle. He's a full time part of the AEW roster. I think it's going to be a long time since anybody's seen Adam Copeland wrestle uh, as much in it and at the level he's been in AEW. He's already been doing great stuff. He's wrestling at the highest level in recent years, but he's going to be here on a weekly basis. And it's something I'm so excited about because that's great news for us in AEW. Thank you. Uh, thanks for having me. I, um, part of coming here is that I wanted to contribute. Um, I, uh, I wanted to help and I just felt like here I'd really be able to do that and have the opportunity to do that. And I look at an entire fresh roster of faces and, and so many talent that I've never laid hands on before. And that, that to me as a person who is, uh, driven by challenges, that for me was the biggest thing. Like I've never been in a ring with Samoa Joe. I've never stood in a ring with Sting before tonight. After 31 years in the industry, that's never happened. Um, and then I see a guy like Nick Wayne or I see Swerve. There's, there's just so many possibilities here. And for me at this stage of my career, that is so enticing. That is so exciting. That is so, uh, you know, I, I said it out there <clears throat> after the fact, when I came back out there tonight, I felt free. I, I, that's just the word that, that pop, like I, I felt free and it felt fun. And I felt almost like the same feeling I would have when I'd, I'd come out for my indie shows, you know, back when I was either Adam Impact or Sexton Hardcastle or something. And it was this brand new thing that I always wanted to do. And, and, and that feeling, I felt it out there tonight. And that, at this stage of my career, to feel that, that's special. That's, uh, man, like, come on, 31 years in and to feel that way, that, that's a gift. And this is all I ever wanted to do. And this feels like an opportunity to come in and not just come in every three months. I'm going to be there every week. You know, I'm a, I'm a full-time guy. And 
uh, I want to do that for as long as that is possible because I feel like that's how I can help the most. And um, more than anything, that's that's what I'm here to do. It's great news. And uh, in, in even more great news, uh, we're going to hear from Adam Copeland, the Rated R Superstar, for the first time ever on AEW Dynamite this Wednesday night. Perfect way to begin a new era and to celebrate the fourth anniversary of AEW Dynamite. So I'm really excited to have you uh, this Wednesday in Stockton on Dynamite for the first time ever. Yeah, I'll give the mission statement uh, and kind of uh, explain uh, what happened tonight and um, and what my thought process was there because there was a, a lot of different things going on emotionally out there tonight. Um, hey, Keith, how you doing? Good to see you. It's been a while. Um, yeah, man, I, I, like if you can't tell, I, I'm pretty excited and I feel like a little kid again. And uh, this is the best gig in the world. It, it really is. I'm a kid from Southern Ontario, and this is all I ever wanted to do. And if you had told me that 98% of what would happen to me throughout my career would happen, I'd say, you're crazy. Well, throw this onto the list and at the top of the list now, because my God, it just, uh, man, I just, I can't tell you how excited and, and even just, so I'll tell you a story. Uh, Friday, I fly here Friday, right? And uh, I call Darby and I'm like, hey, Darby, you're a Seattle guy, right? So I want to get a muscle car. And do you got any cool sites that we could shoot? So we just went and gorilla shot Friday night from like nine to midnight. And I'm hanging out of the back of an SUV holding the cameraman while this muscle car is going 50 miles an hour down gum alley. Was it gum alley with all the gum, which was disgusting and awesome at the same time. And I'm just like, I'm hanging out of an SUV holding the cameraman and I'm just cackling at 49 years old like this is amazing what are, what are we doing this is awesome and again back to that word just free sorry verbal diarrhea it's great that's amazing and uh i i love seeing you like this i'm so glad you're happy to be here and you're jumping right into the fire not only are you uh going to be making your first ever appearance on dynamite this wednesday but then the following week uh, first of all, you're also coming to Collision, I believe, in Utah yes. on the 7th. So he's working both shows this week. We're going to see uh, Adam Copeland, the Rated R Superstar, Wednesday night, Dynamite in Stockton for the first time ever. And we'll see him for the first time ever on Collision this Saturday. And then the following week, Dynamite is actually going to be on Tuesday, October 10th, for Title Tuesday. It's my birthday. It's going to be a great event. We're going to have a great time. I'm very excited about it. And I got the greatest birthday present in the world because the newest member of the AEW roster, the Rated R superstar, Mr. Adam Copeland, has requested a match on October 10th in Kansas City. And uh, we got a little preview of that action tonight on Wrestle Dream. Based on your request, it's going to be Adam Copeland, the Rated R superstar, versus Luchasaurus. On Tuesday, October 10th, in Kansas City, and Luchasaurus is a multiple-time champion, one of the toughest wrestlers in AEW. It's going to be a great debut match for you. It, it, it'll be hard. Um, <laughs> but I, I've, uh, I will say Luchasaurus is a guy that I always saw and uh, saw so much potential in, in what he brings to the table. Um, it's also kind of jumping into the deep end of the pool, but that's, that's what I do. It's awesome. <laughs> so great. And uh, and we can take some questions, Mandy, if you want to. 
Right, we can you. get one from both of you. Okay, great. Um, lyrics went monthly here, so so compared to a lot of your other peers um, from your generation, you spent most of your career in one company. Yep. So now that you're in AEW, what are one or two of those bucket list items that you're looking to accomplish, whether it's an opponent or a match type? What's something that you're really excited to do? You know, when I talked to Tony, I said, just in looking at the roster very quickly, like there's 14 names. I mean, that's just from a quick little cursory glance. But like I said, I mean, I've never faced Samoa Joe. That's really exciting to me. I've never faced or been in the same ring as John Moxley. Highly interesting to me. Claudio, never been in the ring. Like, it, there's so many different talent here that I have a lot of respect for, and I'd really like to, to feel what that is. Um, Kenny Omega. Like, that's never happened. I just met him. We never met before, you know. Um, there, there's a lot here um, to see and to, to challenge myself with. And again, that's my entire life has been built on challenges. So to, to look at that, oh, God, a guy like me, that's just, that's a steak dinner waiting to be eaten. Two more questions right here. Emily May with Sports Heater Wrestling. Hi. So everyone was so excited, the fan reaction to have you debut tonight. And what I would love to know is how did these conversations begin? And what can we look forward to, not only perhaps in ring, but also will you be helping out backstage perhaps in developing AW talent or creating storylines? Um. I, I've always been a person that enjoys that process in terms of being heavily involved in the creative process and the direction of storylines, helping add little things. But those little things, when you put them together, they start to weigh a lot. Um, I love that. I love detail, um, attention to detail and, and just the little nuances. I, I love that. Uh, you know, I watch movies and I just, uh, oh, why'd they make that choice? I used to follow directors around and they'd be so annoyed. I'm like, why are you making that choice? Why are we turning around here? Why are we getting this angle? I'd go to the DOP, go, well, what's going on here? What's going on with this lighting? I'm just fascinated. Um, it's part of why I fell in love with this industry uh, is the storytelling element of it. You know, it, it, it's a form of art. And that's how I've always looked at it. And now it's an even more nuanced form of art uh, because it's such more, it's so much more detailed and the audience is so much more intelligent. So you have to work to that intelligence. And... I absolutely plan to be helping out whoever wants help. Whoever comes and talks to me, I am an open book. Um, and my 31 years of experience, if you want to tap into that, I am always, I'm a phone call, I'm a text, I'm a come talk to me face to face away. That's always been how I've been. Um, so, uh, you know, there, there were guys like I had a group of seven people and I'd FaceTime with them an hour a day to help them find their voice in promos. I love doing that stuff. Um, so that's part of what I think I bring to the table when when I come here. And uh, and honestly, that that was one of the things, one of the really pivotal things beside my daughter telling me that I should go be with Uncle Jay and have fun um, that I thought I could really try and help here and in turn that helps the entire wrestling industry which is the thing that i just love uh second behind my my wife and my kids 
We can do a few more, I think. Yeah, I'm on a roll. Yeah, he's on fire. <laughs> Hello again. Hello Sorry. again. Keith Elliott Greenberg with Inside the Ropes magazine. You mentioned that you were here Friday night. Now, there's a lot of people in this room who I think, had there been an Adam Copeland sighting, they would not have been able to contain themselves from tweeting about it. How did you manage to keep yourself scarce? <laughs> oh man, I was sequestered. I, I sequestered myself in a hotel room. Um, so we're, we're, I mean, we were in some sketchy neighborhoods, like Darby took us to some, some sketchy places. Like, ain't nobody here going to worry about like Adam Copeland being here kind of thing. Right. So, um, nobody saw us. And then I, uh, I went to my hotel room and I just like sneak out to get food. And this one kid, bless his heart. I'm at this burger joint and I just really wanted a cheeseburger. Cause I hadn't eaten for 14 hours and I was like, I just, I just want to get a cheeseburger. So I'm in there and I'm sitting there and reading my book. Cause I bring a book, book everywhere when I eat. And I looked up and he went, oh. I went okay. Okay. And that was it. That was the, the only time that I had that encounter. Cause the rest of the time I was like, you know, hoodie and all that. So, um, so yeah, that's what, that's what happened. I was out in Redmond. Hi, my name is Amanda from WrestleTalk.com. How are you? Fine, thank you. How are you? You sound excited. I am. <laughs> um, so I've been authorized to ask this question. Um, I'm not asking anything about contracts or anything of the like, but my favorite version of Adam Copeland is when he's with his lovely wife. Is there any chance that we might see you together here? Or is that something that you'd like to do in the future again? I mean, anytime I get to, to be close to Beth, obviously I'm going to, you know, be pretty, like super excited about that. I, I don't know about the possibilities of that in the foreseeable. Um, but I, you know, I just, I love being around her obviously. Um, and, uh, and, and we've had a blast when we did get to work together. Um, but where she will be uh, instrumental without anyone knowing it is she's my sounding board. So if you've seen me do something or you see something that you think worked, it was always bounced off Beth. And then she always gives me better ideas back. Um, it's kind of amazing to be married to a Hall of Famer. It's pretty cool. Who can suplex you? <laughs> That's great. Maybe one more, I think. Oh, you got a hose, man. Uh, Kevin Deers with Defy Wrestling. Uh, so the song that you came out to tonight, iconic song. Yeah. Um, why was it important for you to come out to that as opposed to a new theme? And was it difficult to secure that? Do you own the rights to that, etc.? cetera? Uh, uh, so Alter Bridge are my friends. Uh, Mark Tremonti, who wrote the song, is a very good friend. Um, so that, that song's with me wherever I go. Um, and that was very important to me. To me, uh, I've always been very musically motivated, and, and I think it sets the tone for a character, and it also sets the tone for Adam to get in that place. And that music, from the first time I heard it in, in Mark's house, after I dropped a beer in his foyer, um, after just meeting him, uh, <laughs> he played that for me with his scratch lyrics on it. and. I, I was out with a neck injury. I was like, can I have that song? He was like, absolutely, dude. And we just met. And 20 years later, here we are. And I called Mark and I said, hey, what do you think? He goes, absolutely. 
absolutely, dude. You know, that answer is not going to change. And that was really, really pivotal, important to me because it, w- it would have felt weird coming up to something else. Thank you very much. Yeah. Really Thanks, everybody. Thank you, man. Well, that was pretty much the media scrum right there with uh, Adam Copeland discussing his future, discussing exactly what he's going to be doing and everything. And, of course, uh, I know some people have asked me about, you know, my thoughts on um, on Adam coming out to his old entrance music from the WWE. Now, just to kind of re- reiterate on a couple of things. Number one, uh, the song was built and done by Alter Bridge. It's been out since, I believe, two thousand. I would say three, if I'm not mistaken, 2003. I think 2003 was when the album was released. I believe 2002, 2003 was when the song was first made. It was done by, um, I think it was John Tremonti, I think. I believe he was the guitar player for the uh, for the group, Alter Bridge. So <clears throat> the song, obviously, the WWE does not own the song. But we do know that uh, Tremonti is the one that, I believe he's the one that wrote the song did everything together and it's you know it's done by alter bridge so they own the song so if edge wants to use it he can because he is good friends with alter bridge after all alter bridge who also and i also want to bring this up as well for every for everyone that knows this quite well especially music wise we know that judgment days the other side that belongs to alter bridge as well okay so even though the wwe does play that song in in Monday on Monday Night Raw or SmackDown or any of the pay per views that they do, the song does belong to Alter Bridge. So I'm kind of curious if they're going to change the song, which I don't think they should. I don't think they should because it's Alter Bridge's music, it's Alter Bridge's stuff. I mean, what what do you expect to do? You know, in any way possible. So you know, Adam pretty much covered everything that he needed to talk about at everything, and uh, it was uh, an incredible incredible deal for what it was now this is not over just yet guys we've got a lot of stuff we got just a little bit more we got to talk about now obviously the next part here will be the wrestling observer radio with brian alvarez and um dave Meltzer, uh talking about their thoughts on what has taken place with um at wrestle dream at you know their thoughts on adam copeland and what they think about it and everything uh, should be interesting to hear what their conversation is and then after that the exclusive, the exclusive that everyone is waiting for. Tony Khan just touched on it earlier that he was going to make an appearance on AEW Dynamite. And we got that exclusive right here on the Main Event Talk podcast. This took place on Wednesday. Uh, this took place uh, right at my trip over in Laredo. So you get an idea. You're going to hear that exclusive right here on the Main Event Talk podcast. So before we get into all of that, let's get into the Wrestling Observer Radio with Brian Alvarez and Dave Meltzer. The highlights, you say? Yeah, tell them. Talk about the press conference. I mean, I saw. Well, a lot let's of talk it. about the big news first. The big news is that uh, the main event of the show, as uh, had been talked about in advance, was Darby Allen, the Darby Allen match with Christian. And uh, when they announced that that was the main event, given that they had a lot of other things on the show, including where they were building as a dream match with Seattle's own Aberdeen's own Brian Danielson versus Zack Sabre Jr. and and all the other stuff they had on the show. When they announced that Darby and Christian was the main event, it was like I knew immediately. I didn't know at all what was going to happen, but I knew either Darby is winning the title back in his hometown, 
or there's going to be a big angle, and it may very well be Edge debuting on the show. Which, and uh, which, it which. was, in fact, the latter. Christian. Well, I mean, beats. I think that the, the, when when they took Edge off of the SmackDown Open, I thought that that was that's uh, a pretty good indication as well. That was a, I mean, not not the SmackDown Open, but that Open, you know, that thing that they do at the beginning of the show yep. that they do at the beginning of every show. They when they pulled him off that Open, to me, that's like a sign saying, okay, we know he's gone. Because if he, you know, if he was not going, if he was just not wrestling, they would keep him in the Open because that's what you know. So. Um, I saw that as a sign, and the people have been talking all week, you know, in the idea of, of Edge, Mercedes Monet, who, who, you know, I presume will be there as soon as her injury heals, and Mariah May. Um, you know, those names have been floating I around. I thought that week. Mariah May would be there. Yeah. But uh, I think there's a reason she wasn't there, but uh, we could talk about that on a different day. But anyway, uh, so Edge uh, debuted as Adam Copeland. After Christian beat Darby in Seattle in his hometown, when Nick Wayne turned on Darby, and uh, they were doing well, the three on one, you could you could. Um, I mean, there was a backstory, you know, the whole thing with with Darby going becoming friends with AR a. Fox and everything. I mean, it, it. Well, there's definitely a story here. You know, it made it made sense. You know, in that sense, um, it was interesting that. Uh, when he does the turn, how horrified his mom was. Well, of course, she was horrified that this happened. It was it was a horrifying thing that he did this year in Seattle, turning on Darby. Yeah. So then they're doing the three-on-one, and then uh, out comes uh, Sting, and then, of course, out comes Luchasaurus. And so it's a, uh, a three-on-two beating. And, man, I at that point I was like, sure, he was coming. But as oh, soon yeah. as Christian got that chair to do the concerto... Oh, yeah. It was sure. like, there's only one man who will stop this concerto, and it was Adam Copeland, and uh, he's got his WWE music because, in fact, he is friends with the people that wrote the music, yep. and the people that uh, put the music together that wrote the song, they're the ones who decide who gets to use it. Yep. And, uh, and so he basically said at the press conference, like, doesn't matter where I go, I'm taking that music everywhere. And so... so so and the rated R superstar thing was that WWE failed to trademark renew its it. trademark on it, so that was free and clear. Because yes. when they first said, when on the broadcast when they first said rated R superstar, I was thinking like, oh god, they're going to get Tony in trouble. But that that was not any trouble. At no, all. when when he showed up at the press conference, I mean, Tony was like rated R superstar, rated R yeah, superstar, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, so they they have rated R superstar. They have the music. He is Adam Copeland. And he debuted, and he got a monster pop. Well, of course, of course he did. And uh, there were there were 6,500 people in the building. It sounded like there were about 20,000 there. I mean, they went absolutely nuts. I, I heard, heard 7,300. Uh, yeah, whatever the number was. But I mean, yeah. I mean, it was a, it was a good crowd. It was much bigger than the night before for Collision. But he got well, a, a it's, massive it's, ovation. I mean, I mean, to me, to me, um, which we'll, we'll talk about that later. But to me, uh, for a pay per view. I mean, you should be, you know, you should be, I'm not saying you should sell it out, but um, to me, that's not a great crowd. That's, it's, it's, you know, I mean, it's, it was at five. So, I mean, I guess, you know, it moved some at the end, but um, I mean, the, the, the reality is, is like, they're putting out, like, I think a pretty damn good product, especially on pay-per-views. I mean, pay-per-view is freaking awesome, but I mean, there is an issue that they're not selling, you know, um, and putting on great shows does not. Uh, you know, I mean, it's better than putting on bad shows, but, you know, I've seen for 100 years, or, you know, studying wrestling, that putting on great shows does not necessarily mean your business is going to turn around. You know, it, you would think so, but, you know, 
it's it's there's well, so many other market factors in play. And Tony and, uh, was very proud of the last four shows, and uh, he was proud of all the shows they've added. He said everyone had been great. He said this show is above a hundred thousand buys. That's how it's trending. He said. Which that's not. Was a, I mean, okay, so that that's a profitable number, but when you consider that they've been doing consistent one forties, and I mean, I knew it would be down because of um, you know going against the NFL. But he uh, said bigger I, than All Out, by the way. So what did All Out finish at? Oh, that's probably um, the last number I had would have been about ninety-five. But it should have been all out. Came seven days after a pay-per-view. It should have been bigger than all out. This one, I mean, all out did. I I thought all out did fine for what it was. I mean, it was about what I would have figured. This one was lower than I would have figured, even with the football and everything like that. Um, so, um, you know, and I mean, again, I think that. There's 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 a lot of stuff. I mean, one of them is is that you know you're going against the NFL is going to hurt to a degree, but still, um, the NFL shouldn't hurt you forty percent. And um, you know the card. Yeah, I, I think that it's loud and clear that you uh, you need a real world title match on these pay per views, and this one didn't have it. And um, even with the dream match, but the dream match thing, it's just like when they did Forbidden Door. Forbidden Door, I thought was going to do really good. And the one thing is, is that those type of dream match things for hardcore fans. I mean, Forbidden Door did fine. It did good. But but it didn't do through the roof good. And this one didn't even do normal with that dream match. So um I mean you need I mean you need a strong world title match for a pay-per-view. And uh you know, running a lot of pay-per-views um you know, you're going to you're going to be down if you run, you know, eight a year over over four, I think. But it's still a profitable show. So uh, Edge in the uh, or Adam Copeland, someone did call him Edge. I forget who it was, but Tony uh, immediately. Tony shot, shot him down really quick. Yes. Yeah. And cannot then, use uh, that name, Edge. Someone else. Someone else, I believe, said Daniel Bryan. But anyway, uh, well, Jim, Adam, Jim, Ro- Jim Ross in commentary. No, it was said in the Bryan. press conference. Somebody, somebody said uh, really Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Oh, well. But anyway, uh, Edge or Adam Copeland in the uh, press conference. He uh, talked about how you know he came here and he's going to be. Like a regular performer, and Tony yeah, not, not that. Yeah, yeah, not three three matches, six matches a year. He he's says gonna be he's going to be wrestling all the time. He's wrestling yeah. in a week on that Tuesday night, head to head with NXT. He'll be wrestling Luchasaurus. He's on the show Wednesday. He's on Collision coming up on Saturday. Yeah, so uh, doing, he's doing going promos. to be all over the place. And Tony did say it's like he's not just going to be on the show all the time. You know, he's going to be wrestling all the time. So. We'll see what that means, but uh, he's already got a match coming up in a week, and he well, talked I, I about. Think, I, I, I think he's probably going to be on every pay per view. Yeah, he talked about how. Uh, Which is interesting because you know his old deal was, uh, you know, very you know not that many shows. So it's it's and this is a harder style than WWE style too. So it's um, obviously you know I mean I'm sure he got a great financial deal, but um, he's making a real commitment and also. You know, I think he really wants to, you know, from what it sounded like to me, it sounds like he really wants to, like, coach and help and, you know, all that, all that stuff. Yeah, he's going to be doing all that. So, uh, and they talked about how he and uh, Darby went out around Seattle and uh, filmed the vignette that they showed on here. Uh, Darby apparently did all of the cinematography for that uh, because he had gone to film school, actually, as Darby noted the press conference before he decided to become a wrestler. So he did all of the filming, and they found a sketchy area around Seattle, which nowadays is every area around Seattle. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, they drove around and filmed that, that vignette, and he said he just had the time of his life. He's hanging out the back of the truck just... He said it felt like, uh, you know, his Sexton Hardcastle indie days was what it felt like to him, just having so much fun and going out there and seemed very happy and appreciative to uh, to get this opportunity. And actually, he uh, he had been very, very close to signing with AEW before he ended up going Three back to ago. WWE. It was, like, yeah. real close. And then, yeah. you know, he decided the last minute. And it was like, you know, it was a professional thing. It wasn't like he left him high and dry, but... You know, well, WWE, decided, made, WWE made him a better offer. That's what happened. Yeah, he went to... He, uh, three, it was a $3, $3 million offer for only a couple matches a year. Yep, he went to WWE, and and now he is here after uh, after almost being here once before. So Yeah, I, I, I would say that considering people in WWE had told me that he was going a long time ago, um, I think that the stuff where he said, like, he, you know... I mean, he did have a contract offer from WWE, you know, um, and turned it down. But I think that that stuff that he was saying, you know, a couple of weeks ago was was just a swerve. I mean, I think that, you know, he, I think he's been going for a while, you know, that, that he was going to finish up this contract. He was going to do the farewell match in, uh, you know, in Toronto. And um, he was going to be an AEW in some form because I'd been not just the rumors, but just the fact that people were just from there were just going like, yeah, you know. He's going to go, so um, you know whatever. But uh, I mean, it's a good it's a good acquisition for AEW.
in regards to this show, all you got to do is go over to my email address at themainevent1977 at gmail.com. That's themainevent1977 at gmail.com. And whatever question you have, the main event will be glad to put it right here on the Main Event Talk podcast. And it could be any question that you want to ask. That's themainevent1977 at gmail.com. One more time. The main event, 1977 at gmail.com, and you'll hear it right here on the Main Event Talk Podcast. Okay, guys, we've done everything that we could right here on the Main Event Talk Podcast. We've talked about WWE Fastlane. We've talked about NXT's No Mercy. We've talked about Wrestle Dream. We've talked about several of the things that took place with Adam Copeland, but we've got just a little bit more. And, of course, we've talked about the Wrestling Observer right here and everything else like that. So now it is time. It is time for the main event of the evening, if you will. The main event talk exclusive right here. We're going to go to the back room right now and check out what happened on Wednesday. The confrontation. Well, actually, just kind of give it a little slip. Adam Copeland coming out, saying what he had to say on Dynamite. And then a certain somebody came over and confronted him. And, well, you'll know what the exchange is from here on out. So what are we waiting for? Let's get into it. The confrontation and... Adam Copeland coming to AEW Dynamite for the very first time to address his future and to address what will happen. Let's get right into it. Okay, what's going on, guys? This is a little bit of a main event talk exclusive taking place right here on the main event talk podcast. As this recording is taking place, I'm actually over, believe it or not, I'm not in Corpus Christi exactly. I'm over in a hotel room. Uh, La, it's called La, La, Quinta, La Quinta. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, the hotel place. So um, I'm over in Laredo because, uh, you know, I'm handling some some work, some business. You know, so I'm, I've been watching AEW Dynamite for the past few hours. A couple, well, a few minutes to be exact. Uh, I was actually watching the MJF uh, promo that took place, and I was going to try and record that, but uh, I couldn't do it. Well, because uh, apparently when I was watching the MJF promo, some sort of, uh, I guess, a weather storm warning or something like that was taking place, and I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me, right? So, didn't want to record it and everything else like that, so... I decided, well, screw it, you know, let's, let's uh, record the most important one. And the most important one being the fact that, um, as you guys know, from this past Sunday night, uh, the surprise, uh, the rumor that everyone's been talking about, that is the fact that the rated R superstar, the man formerly known as Edge, now known as Adam Copeland, would appear at Wrestle Dream, and it was one of the most, well... To some people, it's the most shocking moment in the history of AEW, a shocking moment in the history of professional wrestling. For the main event, it's a shock, but it's not as big of a shock as you think. So now here on this exclusive episode of the Main Event Talk podcast, we're about to give you, uh, I'm watching, um, I'm actually watching Dynamite right now as we speak, and we're getting ready to hear what Adam Copeland has to say. I mean, he's got a mission statement that he wants to 
put out. I'm not sure exactly what the statement is. I'm a bit curious about where this is going to go and everything else like that. So with that being said, let's get right into Adam Copeland's debut on AEW Dynamite. Here's Tony Schiavone. The fourth anniversary of AEW Dynamite tonight here in Stockton, California. And now, please welcome officially with me to All Elite Wrestling, the Rated R Superstar, ladies and gentlemen, Adam Copeland! It's just so crazy watching, watching, well, I'm, I'm going to call him by his name. I'm uh, watching Adam Copeland come out, and it, it's just incredible that, you know, he, he, him coming out to the music, I don't think it should be a shock to everybody considering the fact that the, the music does belong to Alta Bridge. The music, uh, uh, we know it's going to be still played in WWE. But we know that, you know, it is Adam's song. It is, he does hold the Rated R Superstar title right over his head. So, we know how that shit rolls and stuff. It is nuts. It is so nuts watching Edge or Adam Copeland in an AEW ring right next to Tony Schiavone. And this is pretty cool to watch. All right, let's hear it, guys. Let's hear it. All right, it is great to be standing beside a true legend. What? It was the biggest news in pro wrestling last week. The fans are still rabid for the Rated R Superstar. And welcome to All In Wrestling, my friend. Tony Schiavone, I grew up, and your voice was the soundtrack to my childhood. So to stand in the ring with you, pretty big deal for me. And I love you, Tony, but this is my ring now, so hit the brakes. Perfectly so. <laughs> I love you. Seriously, though, I, I came out here to talk to y'all. Oh, that's interesting. They calling him Adam, not Edge. Somewhere lurking, I have no doubt that Luchasaurus and Christian Cage quite a few are looking on. I came here. There's one major one, but I'll get to that last, okay? Because I don't know about you, but 
I'm pretty sure the AEW Heavyweight Championship would look good around my waist. Ooh, ain't that interesting. There's a whole roster of first-time matches for Adam Copeland, and yeah, I just talked about myself in the third person. Never done that before, kind of weird. <laughs> I don't think I'll do that again. We got three matches, don't we? Check it out. We're talking first ever matches, right? Adam Copeland versus John Moxley. Almost gonna happen in WWE. Adam Copeland versus Kenny Omega. Ooh, that would be nice. Versus Miro. Ooh, nice. Versus Powerhouse Hobbs. Wow. Versus Jay White. Nice. Versus the stray bullet, Juice Robinson. So those are all amazing reasons to be here. To challenge myself 31 years into my career with something that's brand new. And all of you are helping make that happen. said this before, I'm going to say it again, this will be the last time I say it. The main reason that I decided to come here to AEW is because I sat down, I sat down with my family, and I said to my girls who are seven and nine years old, I said to Lyric and Ruby, I was like, Lyric, Ruby, what's dad do? Should I retire? That choice was up there. It was. But then Lyric, nine years old and far wiser than I will ever be, she said, you should go and have fun with Uncle Jay. And we know who Uncle Jay is. So speaking of Uncle Jay, I'll, tell, I'll call him what, what y'all call him, Christian Cage. I know. So right now, I would like to call out Christian Cage. So I can tell him the real reason I'm here. This will be interesting. The two former World Tag Team Champions, the six, seven-time World Tag Team Champions, if I'm not mistaken. Come on. Jake, come on. We all know he's not going to come out. This past Sunday at WrestleDream Christian <coughs> No doubt he'll probably come with his with his blue disorders. And no doubt with Nick Wayne. Let's see what happens. This is such an incredible moment to watch as a fan. You know, because Christian, who has been part of the WWE for quite a while, his former tag team partners with Edge. Have been tag team champions multiple occasions, intercontinental champion several times, the NCAA champion a couple times. He went to TNA and became the NWA World Heavyweight Champion there. Uh, I think it was twice, if I'm not mistaken. And Edge and Christian, just like Edge, almost retired. But we never knew if he retired or not. But now Christian Cage is coming into the ring. Holding on to the TNT Championship in his possession, and now 
history is being made right now because you've got Adam Copeland, Edge, Christian Cage in an AEW ring. Holy crap. This is incredible. Shit is right. For 40 years, you and I have been best friends. Before we were in this industry, but it was this industry that made us realize we were going to be best friends for life. And I, I know what you're thinking. Why did I do what I did at Wrestle Dream? Why did I smash Nick Wayne? Why did I throw a chair in Luchasaurus's face and spear him? Why did I do those things? And, and it, it's quite simple. Because I see you standing out here just like this. I see your face all pursed up, looking more like a than usual. <laughs> he said dick, by the way. Oh, God. <laughs> and even though I know that about you, I still love you. That's true. That's never going to go away, okay? But I saw you standing over Sting. 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 A guy whose poster you took to the barber and put it on the mirror so that she would cut your hair the same way as his. Yep. <laughs> you had the box top of a lousy rat tail. I was Lex Luger. That was us. Wow, interesting. And I see you standing over Sting, a man who has entertained people for over four decades. A man who has caused people to feel for four decades. A man, my wife's grandparents couldn't speak English, they're Polish, but guess what? They loved Sting. So I can't stand here and watch you smash him with a concerto. So that's why I did what I did Sunday. But I also did it because I know, and I'm speaking from experience here, that Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne are going to drop you like a bad habit as soon as they've sucked all the information out of your brain. And you're so egotistical, you won't see it. I know you won't see it. But Jamin, I am here. I am here because it's time. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It's time. For the first time since 2011, for the first time properly in over 20 years, it's time for you and I to team together again. Ooh. To face a team like FTR. To face a team like the Young Bucks. Ooh. To show an entire generation of fans why we are inarguably one of the greatest tag teams of all time. The expression of Christian's face 
this change real quick. Wow. So I am out here hat in hand, and I am asking you, let's do it. Let's end our careers together as a team. Let's show them all what we can do. This is going to be interesting because we already know what's about to happen now. I mean, we, we know, but it, we know it's not going to happen yet. It's got to take time, but you know where Christian Cage is going to go with this. This is incredible. Boy, I, I know what Christian's going to say, but this is... We know what's about to happen. I mean, they're not going to get back together. You know, oh, oh, look at that, look at that, look at that, look at that. A hug and embrace, but we, we know Christian a little bit better. Go. Ooh. Oh, he, he, he just told him, go fuck yourself. Oh. Damn, that is, that is brutal. We saw it coming. All of us saw it coming. And I don't think Christian is done yet. Before I go, just a quick reminder, Adam, of what you'll be up against this Tuesday, live on Dynamite. Live at Dynamite this Tuesday, the in-ring debut of Adam Copeland will take on Luchasaurus and there's Nick Wayne. What is up with that sweater? So let's stop right there. Let's put the pot. Well, let's put the um, mute button on here a little bit. So let's let's um, <clears throat> let's look into everything that we just heard from both Christian Cage and Adam Copeland. So we knew what the mission statement was going to be when he came in. We knew exactly what he was going to do, and we knew what matches he was going to take place. Now we've often wondered. I mean, we and just kind of give you guys an idea. We knew that the rumors that were circulating all around was the fact that we heard that Christian, or we heard that uh, Edge at the time, or Adam Copeland, had wanted to end his career by teaming up with Christian Cage. Now, let's call it like we see it, and let's, let's you know, take our eyes and really 
uh, take our minds and really focus on this. We know that it's not going to happen right now. If anything, I think what will happen is Adam Copeland and Christian Cage are going to have to have some sort of a match somewhere down the road. Now, if it takes place at full gear, it would be spectacular. I would love to see that take place. I would love to watch the match between Christian Cage and Adam Copeland because I believe this will, if I'm not mistaken, I mean, this will be the first time that we see these two compete against each other in AEW, but we know that they faced off against each other before back in the days of the WWE. Now, my opinion is this. I'd love to see Edge and Christian come back together, or Adam Copeland and Christian, I'm sorry, come back together as a team, and it would be sweet to see them and the Hardys, them and FTR, them and the Young Bucks, them and any team out there. But here, here's also the thing that I'm looking at. What I'm looking at is, can this team become tag team champions? And not only that, can this team be better than any of the teams out there. Now, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about the teams that we know now from the FTRs to the Young Bucks and everything. I'm talking about the teams like the Hardys, because even Edge and Christian know that both of them are in AEW, and we know that the Hardys have not been the same since they came together. You know, they were going to become AEW World Tag Team Champions. It never took place. Jeff Hardy is still dealing with an issue. Matt Hardy is having some issues of his own with the internet and with other people, including Jim Cornette, trust me. I mean, most of you guys have heard about the story. And to me, I have nothing, I have nothing but respect for Adam Copeland. I'm glad he's in AEW because this is exactly where he needs to be at. Now, with all due respect... I, I feel that retirement should have should have happened. It should have happened. Because him coming into AEW is good, but it's all about can he do it at the age that he's in? Can he can he what what's the thing I'm looking for? Um do we want to see him risk an injury, risk getting in, in a ladder match or a tables match or or anything in that particular nature because Edge is, well, Adam Copeland, I'm sorry, is better than this, and all of us know it. And I always feel like I think we need to see Adam Copeland, you know, kind of, you know, step away from, you know, the, the position that he's in. Now, we know that he is going to be showing up on a regular basis. We know he's going to be showing up on collision. He's going to be showing up on on AEW Dynamite. No doubt he'll show up on, on Rampage to help it out in any way possible. But how I see this is, is this a smart move for Adam Copeland? Is it smart for him to, I mean, if he makes a few appearances there and there, that's good because it'll help help out in a way. But is he going to just have, you know, just a few matches under his belt? Because when you think about it, his first match is going to be with Luchasaurus. Now, Luchasaurus is not a top-notch superstar. He's not an A-lister. He's, he's not one of the best. 
He is a great competitor. The thing with Luchasaurus is he has, a, he has this tendency of, he doesn't know how to be a big man. He doesn't know how to be a monster. He just knows how to flip, dive, and do all sorts of ridiculous things, which is, which is fine for the, normal, uh, for the normal, everyday, average, modern-day wrestling fan. But for someone like myself, who has watched professional wrestling for a long time, we need to see, we need to see Luchasaurus in a whole different matter. And somehow, I think Adam Cole, and with the help of Christian, believe it or not, is going to put the Luchasaurus in a position that he's never been into before. It's going to be much different than anything he's ever done. So my opinion is the match between Adam Copeland and Luchasaurus, it's going to be a good match. It's going to be a fantastic match on Tuesday. Now, no doubt Adam will probably win the match, and no doubt Christian will get involved, and uh, Nick Wayne will get involved, but we'll see how all this rolls out. We do know this. Somewhere in 2024, I'm hoping that we will get a chance to see Christian Cage and Adam Copeland come back together and become a tag team once again. I'm not expecting that to take place now. I'm expecting it to take place when the time is right. And the time will be in 2024. Now, with that being said, guys, I mean, it was good to see Adam on AEW Dynamite. And it's funny, we've, we've got, what, three Adams now? We got Adam Copeland, Adam Page, and um, Adam Cole. We got three Adams. And how, how are we going to tear, tear it apart? Everyone's, everyone's going to be chat, chanting for Adam Cole, baby, or Adam Page, and all this other stuff. It's just nuts about how this is turning out to be. But we will see how all this rolls out. It was good to see Adam Copeland on Dynamite. It was good to see him face-to-face with Christian Cage. It was definitely one of the best segments that has ever taken place, and the main event was very, very fortunate to watch this as this happened. And I'm not even at my house. I mean, I'm watching this at a hotel somewhere in Laredo, Texas. So <laughs> it should be incredible to see how all this turns out. With this main event talk exclusive, I am the main event player. Added just a little bit of a remix right there just to kind of make this a little bit interesting. But that was a made of it talk exclusive that I did over in Laredo uh, talking about the whole situation with happening with Adam Copeland. And, of course, his confrontation with Christian Cage, which is still, I mean, goddamn, like <laughs> when he hugged him and when he took the microphone, I already knew what was going to happen. I mean, some of, but when he said, go fuck yourself, oh, my God. <laughs> that was beautiful. It was it was definitely one of the best segments that took place at Dynamite. I think I think with Edge and Christian being there, I think they'll be the ones to definitely save AEW from its its existence from everything that has taken place within the past few months. With CM Punk gone and now all of a sudden they're going to have, you know, Adam Copeland there. 
and it should be uh, spectacular to see where all this is going to happen. So I I like it. It's going to be incredible. So, uh, oh, I mentioned earlier, uh, and I think it was mentioned right here on the Main Event Talk podcast, I didn't get a chance to address it besides the fact that, um, <clears throat> besides the fact that WWE Fastlane is tonight. Uh, also tonight will be a Collision, and it will be interesting because the Rated R Superstar, Adam Copeland, will be there for uh, for that. We're not sure if he's there. I think he's there just to have a little talk in every way possible. And it's always good. I mean, look, we go from having, you know, CM Punk there to also having uh, Adam Copeland showing up over there. So he's kind of a replacement to CM Punk, if you will, to kind of make the show just a little bit better than it already is. So... That's a lot to look into. So a lot is going to happen um, this week. A lot of stuff is going to be happening in the next couple of weeks and everything. Uh, there's a lot of stuff we want to talk about, especially in October. We're in October. This is the first episode that we're doing in October. Uh, we've got uh, No Mercy's already been put out of the way. Wrestle Dream has just uh, been concluded. We've got Fastlane coming up. I believe there's a Saudi Arabia show. I think that's going to take place in November, if I'm not mistaken. Um, <clears throat> there's also going to be Bound for Glory. we got to talk about that as well. Uh, we're also going to be talking about... There's going to be several... Uh, there's a, an NWA event coming up called Sam Hain, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's what's going to happen. Um, there's several other events that are going to happen in October, and hopefully we'll get a chance to talk about it. Oh, by the way, <clears throat> and just to bring this up, we talked about NXT earlier. Halloween Havoc, a two-night or two-week event, which I I don't agree with this. I I I rather would have watched Halloween Havoc on a PLE than see it on a TV, if you know what I mean. But however it works, however it's fine. It's close to Halloween anyway, so what's the point? You know. So we'll go ahead and get it out of the way. So NXT going to have Halloween Havoc and everything. And also, guys, tomorrow, not tomorrow, but uh, <clears throat> this coming Tuesday, October 10th, AEW versus NXT. What show is going to be better and who's going to bring it and how far will they bring it? Well, I'll have to find out this coming Tuesday and hopefully the main event talk will be checking out. We'll probably do some exclusives on both ends. To see where we're going to go and see how far this is going to go as far as AEW and NXT go. The war continues on Tuesday night between AEW and NXT. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this edition of this episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast. We hope you have enjoyed it. Guys, don't forget, Fastlane is taking place tonight. AEW Collision is going to be happening tonight as well. Check them out as much as you can and everything. And uh, there's really nothing else to talk about. I think there's supposed to be... Is there an event happening in the next... No? Not a, okay, I don't think there is. But those are the only events that I know that are going to be happening um, this week. Just, uh, uh, <clears throat> let's see. Just uh, WWE Fastlane happening tonight. AEW Collision happening. Uh, also in October, we got uh, NWA Sam Hain, I think. That's coming as well. And uh, Bound for Glory, of course. We'll talk about that next week on the Mini Event Talk Podcast. There are going to be several events that are going to be happening next week on the Mini Event Talk Podcast. So there is a lot we need to cover. So we'll we'll talk about it when we can. But we just want to focus on WWE Fastlane and... That's it, right? 
Oh, and AEW Collision. I'm sorry. Forget about that. And as always, follow the main event on X at x.com slash at main event player. You can also follow me on Instagram at instagram.com slash at main event player. If you want a friend, request me. Proceed at your own fucking risk. And to all of you Instagram's people, and I got to talk about this before I leave the show today. Listen, I don't like it when I'm being tagged on these stupid group chats. And you know what? You know what group chats I'm talking about, right? These ones that that add you to a group for absolutely no reason and they want to talk dirty to you and they want to show you naked pictures and all this stuff. Listen, number one, I don't need to see naked pictures, okay? I got this thing called the internet. That will help me, all right? And plus, I've seen naked women. What the fuck is the point? You stupid morons. Quit doing that shit. I will report and I will block you if you try to do that shit to me ever, ever, ever ever again. Don't ever do that. So, as always, guys, like I said, proceed at your own fucking risk if you try to friend request me on Facebook. So, guys, thank you for listening, and I know that this, you know, this is the first time that I I finally put out an episode where not only is it full, it's also on Saturday, you know, and I finally got it on time, and I know it's been a while, and, you know, I've been trying to keep things in the right pace, but this is a good start, and hopefully in October, and by the way, um, as I'm outside right now, it is pretty cool outside. It's not, like, real hot. It's only, like, uh, about 79, 78 degrees outside here in Corpus Christi, Texas. The clouds are covering up the sun and everything. Got this cool breeze. I'm enjoying it, and I'm sure everyone else is enjoying the cool breeze as well. We had a little rain out here for the past few days and everything, and we're just going to recover from here, but we're glad, glad that this cold weather is coming in. I think the cold front's supposed to be happening today. Right? Supposed to be, yeah, supposed to be today or tomorrow, however it works. But guys, it is incredible. So, guys, thank you for listening to this episode. Subscribe to the Main Event Talk podcast if you can on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever it is you find your favorite podcast. Guys, thank you for listening, and I will see you next week in another great episode of the Main Event Talk podcast. Why? Because I can and I want to. Any questions? Enough said. Yeah, let me talk to you.